What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This episode 354, broken into two parts, A and B. B. Ooh, thank you. 354A, posting on 1031 Halloween, will be a discussion, for, discussion on Killers of the Flower Moon, the newest with Leonardo DiCaprio, and 354B, posting on 11.3, will be a discussion on Old Dads with Bill Burr available on Netflix. I am one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as she does every week is my co-host, Roger Stillian, our lovely perma guest, Chris Bond. Gentlemen, what, what? how are we today? Yes. Today specifically? Uh, yeah. Pretty good. B- been a busy day for me today. Did, did a How's lot of swim stuff. Past week? Uh, for me, it's been excellent. I've been on vacation from work. I return to work tomorrow, so I will be infinitely depressed. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. I got that going for me. You know, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't love that first Monday after a long vacation oh. back to work? Yeah. Dude, that's the worst, especially like school too. Truly man. are the worst. <laughs> I mean, sc- going back to school after a long break, I think a little worse than that, but yeah, it's no, it's not. Bad. You don't think it's just so? school. Work is just work. I mean, I don't yeah. know. It, it, like you kind of like need to work to do the whole surviving thing. You don't. Yeah, like if you school. didn't go to school for a day, did it ever? Did one single day of not going to school ever matter to you? Well, no, it it didn't. No, never. it didn't matter after like 1980. It didn't matter because the, you would just get caught up anyway. But yeah. yeah, it's like I remember the first time I went to you know my one of my first college classes. I was in a uh, I went to a very small high school, so I was in a college class with like 300 people, and. um I remember the, the teacher was there, the professor was just like, yeah, I don't take, uh, I don't take attendance. You guys are adults. Come to the class if you want. The test dates are in the syllabus. They'll never change. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate and, it. And what, did you, and what did you get in that class, if you can remember? Uh, an A, sir. <laughs> what? I don't believe that, but okay. Because uh, you, wait, so are, are you saying... Would you, you like some factual knowledge about my collegiate career, sir? Are you saying that you never went? Is that what you're saying? No, that's oh, not okay. what I said. But right, I was okay. told that I didn't have to if I didn't want to. But then you, but then you and went... I got excellent grades in college. Better than I ever did in high school, thank okay, you. Okay, geez, I didn't think you weren't. I just said, like, I thought you were going with that. That I feel like you called me out. <laughs> just, I thought you were going the fact that if attendance was optional, you weren't going to go. Oh, so. no, I definitely had several classes I never went to. Mm. Mm-mm, there we go. Like I had an earth science class with like 300 people in it. Like I went like six times, got a B minus in that class and moved right along, brother. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you can do it, you can do it. So, yep. I know some people that went to some pretty big universities that, um, that, uh, had people pay them to take exams for them in those huge classes. Cause like a teacher's not going to know if you don't, if someone else is taking the exam for you and on those like 300 people classes, they made mm-hmm. great money doing that. I, I knew two people did. They made excellent money doing that. Uh, I was yep. always surprised you can get away with that, but they, they made excellent money doing that for people. And writing papers for people, they made excellent money. Um, writing I was papers always, is easy. I was always kind of flabbergasted how much money they can make writing papers. Well, now I've got Chad GTP and everything to help you, but yeah, writing, writing papers was, was never... I just I was, always, I was always a procrastinator, so that was my thing. Are you guys still there? Well, you know, if you, if you don't procrastinate, you don't have to wait as long. I mean, you can just do it. I, I know, but it's the it's the whole thing with I don't want to do it, so I put it off, put it off, put it off. Huh. Um, hmm. That's weird. Do we lose Chris? No, I'm Chris? here. I'm just listening to you guys talk oh. about all this. It's all good. Well, I mean, I, come on, everyone, look. 
don't tell me you guys didn't procrastinate in high school and college. I don't want to hear it. I mean, what happens if we do say that we didn't procrastinate? Are you going to challenge uh, us of, there? Of course I did. Yeah, of course we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just oh, making yeah. sure. What else is going on, guys? What else? Enjoying the weather over yonder, across the pond? Uh, it might snow here on Wednesday. It might snow oh. here on Halloween. <laughs> That's pretty wicked. Oh, yeah. Tuesday night, yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Things ain't great. I don't mean nope. I was I was watching football today and yesterday. There were our first snow games of the year, which is great. Mm-hmm. Excellent, Wait, excellent. S- snow makes things not great. I mean, not if you want to take your kids out for trick or treating. It doesn't. Yeah, what That's the hell, true. dude? Why well, don't? When, <laughs> when even is official trick or treating? Isn't it like is it like it's like an hour? Like when when daylight is? No. Yeah, it's like it's it, it's like at the the dusky I it, time. I think in my town it's like six to seven thirty yep. on Halloween night, which is. Fine. Yeah, exactly. I'll I mean, probably stay out till about eight o'clock giving out candy. Yeah. Yep. Just in yeah. case, and then I'll give the rest of it to my neighbor kids, just so it's oh, not yeah. in my house and I eat it all. There you go. Yep. There you go. Because that will one hundred percent happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just walk by and grab one, and then you grab another, and, That's, you know and then on the way back through, grab another one. <laughs> what's your uh, what, What's your guys's Halloween candy of choice? <clears throat> Oh, is I mean, like what what we're giving out, or like what I prefer? No, 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 no. no. Like, like what what's that Halloween candy that you that you love this this time of year? Grace, you say candy corn. I'm going to quit the show. No, who likes no well, one? First off, no corn. one likes candy corn. I'm just no saying. I, if anyone did, it was going to be Grayson. I mean, here's no. the thing: like candy corns. Like, and I saw a meme about this. Like, candy corn was probably like a joke once, and somebody be like, "This is so good," and then everybody's like, "Well, if somebody thinks it's good, we need to keep fucking making it." <laughs> it's like, who um, does that shit? I mean, to get, it's different than like my movie candy or like my movie theater candy, but like probably like a little mini Twix. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Twix. So, Twix or, are solid candy. Or like, yeah, a, yeah. A, you know, I'm a classic, you know, Reese guy too. Like, give me a Reese cup, like one of those little miniatures. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, of course. So, Reese cups are always, always clutch. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Kit Kat man myself, though. Mm-hmm. Love, love me some Kit good. Kats. Yeah. Good. And there's, oh. there's many different kinds of Kit Kats now that they finally brought to the mainstream. Okay, you know, yeah. so that's, that's great. I'm a uh, I'm a tootsie roll connoisseur myself. Ooh, I love me so tootsie rolls. My uh, my parents were big tootsie roll corn. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold on, tootsie rolls are almost as bad as candy corn, my man. Come on, no, like, they're, they're, no you're insane. No, you're insane. insane. I, I get. I bet you tootsie rolls are sold ten million to one in comparison to. <laughs> Candy corn, the candy corn, yeah, ten, ten m to one. Yeah, <laughs> just, they're good. I just they're like like an old person candy too. Like I don't so know. You, I just, you're I, thinking you're thinking butterscotch. No, what no, do you, what on, mean? Hold on a real old person. Candy. Do you really hold? Hold on, hold on. Do you really think young kids are going to opt for the tootsie roll when they can have other things these days? Yeah, because they're they're chalk chocolate taffy, bro. Of course they are. Yeah, yeah I don't know. About good that, shit. I mean, I, also, I, I, I once. I, 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 I once dipped a uh, a tootsie ro- uh, tootsie roll in jalapeno cheddar cheese dip. Ooh, like like it's good. How was that? One of the worst mistakes of my life. But you, you know, know so, I'm here to talk about it, so, <laughs> so I'm stronger know, for it. The flavor I could probably get behind that texture, though. Mm. Yeah, know, man. yeah, it's, mm. it's kind of weird chomping into that taffy yeah. with that, with that mm. cheese just kind of running all yeah cold cheese was, dip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. Bold of uh, you to assume that it was uh, it was cold, like it wasn't left out for days before I dipped it, but it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. That's, that's, that's I also really I also really like the uh, the the vanilla ones, the vanilla tootsie rolls. Okay, yep. they're called. The ones in the uh, uh, the, the, the blue wrapping, the yeah. blue and white. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always like those too. So my it, parents were big tootsie roll people, so they were always available nearby my house. <laughs> hell yeah! 
So if they were in your house after th- after uh, Halloween, you just walk by and grab one out of the bowl every time. And then... Tootsie Rolls, not really, because they weren't really my favorite. Now listen, I got no real problem with Tootsie Rolls, but like they're pretty far down the list of things. I'm like, I have to eat those. Listen, listen, I ain't got no beef with the Tootsie Rolls. That's what I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying. <laughs> I mean, they're they're not they don't make the top five. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, all right. respect. I get it. I mean, that's but I mean, fair. like, look. Like what? Besides though, like everything we mentioned is chocolate. Like what? What else non chocolate were you going for though? Right? Like back in my like back in my day, it was it was, it was Starburst because I uh, as long as it wasn't Starburst or chocolatey, as, as long as as long as it wasn't the yellow Starburst, that was good. You know what I mean? See, I don't mind no, the yellow one. Like, uh, Nowadays know. though, it's Sour Patch Kids whenever I get my hands on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm uh peach gummy rings were always quality. Always love those gummy things. rings. Okay, but yeah, All deep right. cut there. I don't know. I and now you can that. now, but here's the thing: now you can buy those as weed gummies, which are incredible, by the way. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, like, I didn't. Just I don't mind you... like regular gummy bears. It's always been kind of a solid go-to, and the gummy worms, like always, a solid go-to. I think for the, the for for the gummies, but I don't know. I, I we used I, to have a guy that games. lived uh, not not far from our house when I was growing up. That used to give out dollar bills to everybody on uh, Halloween. I used to think that was the most badass thing. That's a, Wait, a very like, expensive proposition. Well, so here's the thing. I'm thinking back then, though, it probably wasn't because, like, we we lived up on the hill above our town, and like the only people that were ever up there were the people that lived up there. So I don't know. What do you think? Is that, is that like fifty bucks a night? That's still listen. Fun. I know. I know. Last year, I got several hundred kids to my house, so I'm not laying out a couple of C notes to, to little kids to to be happy. So you hear, take your fucking Twix and get the hell out. You know. <laughs> Get the hell out. dollar bills. <laughs> just get like a bucket full of quarters and start passing them out. Eventually, you just get drunk, start throwing them at kids as they walk by. <laughs> just dump, dump them in the street. <laughs> Pick them up. <laughs> Pick them up. I did. Th- I did legitimately think about that this year. We handed out beers to parents. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> hey man, you want one? <laughs> you probably get in a lot of trouble legally for that, though. Why? If I'm just giving them the parents. Yeah, but it, you can't get do something that, like that. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, listen, it, I can check IDs. <laughs> okay, that, that's true. All right, maybe. I mean, I probably wouldn't, but hypothetically, I could. There's got to be some, there's, there's probably some weird rule where you have to have a you have, to have like a distributor's license to even like hand it out. I'm like not that. selling uh, them though. I'm just I'm giving just, them out. I don't know. Does it mean, it sounds Chris. like distribution though. Yeah, I'm with Chris on this one. I think you we will probably get busted for some reason or another. Just sit a cooler in the yard and be like, take one if you want. <laughs> 21 means 21. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. It's like, um, like you ever go to a college party and there's like one sign hanging up on the wall that says you must be 21 to drink. And yet there's yep. a line around the around the side of the house for the keg of <laughs> anywhere from 16 to 40 year olds <laughs> in the same line. Yeah, um, we all remember is this also days. from your college experience? Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> Well, with the college you went to, yeah, of course it would be. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, forty thousand people went to my college, man. Yeah. It was it'd awesome. Be, it'd be hard to big boy that. school in a large metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a good it's quite a, quite a difference from where I grew up. <laughs> well, I suppose quite that's why you did it. Difference. So it yeah. is exactly why I did it. Get out. Get out of the small town, and you came back to small town. You live in the same small town. Don't <laughs> no, you? I live in the same small town. Yeah, less than less than ten miles from where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, gentlemen, let's get into the episode. Uh, before I do, though, happy Halloween to those all of you listening on that day. Happy Halloween! And this is 
episode 354 of Afford Love Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each week, we start with the box office current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, let's look at the box office. And Chris, you may be surprised, my friend, at what Five Nights mm-hmm. at Freddy's did. A 78 million domestic with 130 worldwide. That's not bad. Listen, I'm happy for it. Absolutely. That's, that's about 100 million more than I thought it was going to do, to be honest with you. But I'm surprised. It's 10 it years be. too late, man. Well, this was 10 years ago. It would have made double that money. Oh, you think so? That's fair. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, double double strong because, I mean, that's saying it's rocking 150. But I bet you it would break 120 million. You you mean domestic? Domestic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, number two, Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, fourteen point seven million domestic worldwide of two hundred and three. That's that's uh that's where that's sitting at. Just now, plug it along, man. Here's the here's the real killer, Killers of the Flower Moon with another nine million domestic with a worldwide of eighty four, and with a budget of two hundred million dollars. That's quite a loss. That's quite a loss of money. So we're going to be talking about that one a little bit more today, though it is pretty excellent, I think. Uh, After Death, $5.1 million with uh, $5.1 million gross worldwide. The Exorcist Believer, another $3.1 million, bring us worldwide to $120. Do you think that's going to see an uptick this week for Halloween? No. All um, that's funneling the Five Nights at Freddy's, man. Yeah, I don't think so yep, either. Agreed. It's a shame, though. But let's look at 6 through 10 real quick. Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, Freelance, The Nightmare Before Christmas, the 30th anniversary re-release, Saw 10, and The Creator, number 10, still holding on. That's that's made quite a bit of money, 97 off of an $80 million budget. That's a much better movie than $97 million. That's so much better. Agreed. Than $97 million. Did you finally see it? Yes, I did. Hmm. Are you sure you just didn't see it at the same time I did? <laughs> God, get off of that. I did not. <laughs> it was that was definitely you or it's your doppelganger. All right, gentlemen, that's your that's your your box up. Not much change. Current and upcoming releases. Here's where we get into some weird stuff now. Uh, some things have shifted uh, a little bit. This past weekend, oh, okay. October twenty seventh, Five Nights at Freddy's, Freelance and Inspector Son and the Curse of the Black Widow. Uh, as you notice, that's only Five Nights at Freddy's did anything. November 3rd, Priscilla and What Happens Later. November 10th, The Holdovers and The Marvels. Uh, Chris, you don't think that's going to be a that's going to be a big release? The Marvels that 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 won't be. I think that's going to be one of Marvel's worst showings in history. Okay, well it's it's trending because they've held all the rele- the reviews embargoes until the day of. So mm. yeah, I, 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 th- I think I think me and Roger actually talked about that the other day. Yeah, so can uh, let me let me chime in with that a little bit. So this is not an uncommon practice right now. So the day of is a little bit tighter than some things, but there have been multiple large scale, excuse me, in quotations, large scale releases that have the embargoes have been lifting less than three days before the release. So this isn't really outside the realm of things happening right now. Well, so. I, I mean, it, I, I think it all depends on the film because things sure. like, um, well, because I mean, just one of the movies we just saw with it uh, being Killers of the Flower Moon, that thing was launched, uh, geez, like I think it's embargo lifted like two weeks prior, like, Sure. Or like a whole week prior, so I think it depends on what the studio has. But you're right, you know they're not the only ones to do this this year, you know, or even last year. But it's never a good. I I don't think it's a good sign when a studio doesn't want anyone talking about their movie 
you know, before it comes out. No, and I, I don't entirely disagree with you, but just remember, um, for anybody who is, you know, wasn't around when the original Captain Marvel movie came out, um, Captain Marvel, listen, love love that movie or hate that movie, you know, whatever, that is your choice. But remember, Captain Marvel was bombarded with negative reviews two weeks before the thing even came out. So, you know, like, look, if you don't like Captain Marvel or don't like that whole, you know, Brie Larson thing or whatever, that's totally fine. You can't post a negative review until you verify that you've seen the movie. That's just not okay. Um, So for them doing it for this movie, I'm not super surprised. Like, look, if if this movie's bad, it's bad and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But like, look, unless you actually see the movie, don't give it a negative review just because you don't like somebody that's in it. Oh yeah, of course. Like not. that's super fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but it, no, I think it's I still think... fair. To, I, I I think it's still fair to, fa- fair to speculate. You know about. Although this movie might be movie. bad. Yeah, then if, there's the thing. If it's bad, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Wait, did, and we will absolutely. Re- did people review bomb that original one because it was it was just it was a female hero? <laughs> yes, like, that's what I thought. Like what? How? Now, like, look. Here's the thing. Captain Marvel had some serious problems with that movie. Mm-hmm. Being a female-led superhero is not a valid reason to negative review, negatively review bomb a movie. Just going to put that out there. No, it's not. Especially when you haven't even seen it yet. What are you doing? Yep. Um, that's just that's just ridiculous. But yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, <laughs> we have learned since then, though, that even Rotten Tomatoes is even far more broken than we had originally thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing about that, though. It's like... I. I mean, like Chris, what do you always say? You you know you you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. That's with the with the Marvels. Like I mean, they 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 have no choice but to continue down the path that they've laid out in front of them for the past two or three years. But I mean, it's too true. late. It's too late. Well, I mean, it, it is as far as characters are concerned. Characters well, have certain I mean, arcs that have to be done. I but mean, we've seen right. We've seen movies scrapped and canned from other studios. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you don't have to go through with anything. It's weird. It's like, you know, you have a business and you have contracts and you have ways to get out of those and things you have to pay as penalty of, but you don't have to do anything. You well, know, no, but I mean, cat one movie, you know, that in was like uh, other things got scrapped, canceled, and moved around because of characters being removed. But we you're ha- never going to see that stuff. You're never going to see that with with anything in the MCU. It might get moved around, but it's never going to get canceled completely. Oh, I mean, so I mean, saying that we're never going to see it is not the same as saying that like they have to do one thing or another, though. These are uh, all conscious choices. Well, no. So what I, what I made what I meant by that is the characters are at a certain place in an arc, and you can't just well we gotta we want we want to stop doing what we were doing because no one's watching and no one cares. So we want to go back to you know pre Thanos money ways. So we got to there's you you can't just ninety percent nine you can't just one one eighty a character for that reason. That's that's Why? what I meant. I mean, you can, but it's very unlikely that something like that would happen. No, agreed. But like, I just, I don't like the whole, you know, you can't because you absolutely can. I don't. Well, we can be done. We may have a discussion next week on that, but it's just just, Roger won't be here, so maybe we can just get that one. But uh, like or hate, that one comes out November tenth, November seventeenth. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and also if you were following the Rachel Rachel Ziegler. Uh, it got better this week, so you might want to do some. It got even better, like even worse for Rachel Sickler this week. Wait, wait, what happened? I didn't. This, see. I, this lady, this she's, young lady, this she just doesn't stop. She doesn't stop. She needs. To, someone needs to tell her, "Hey, 
stop talking. Someone is what they need to do. They need to take her. Some social media out there waving a gun at her. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Next goal wins Thanksgiving and trolls band together. Uh, November 22nd, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is Napoleon and Disney's wish. Uh, The Friday, December 1st, Godzilla minus one Renaissance, a film by Beyonce and silent night. Um, Like it or hate it. The bike riders has moved off of that day as well. Mm. Um, December 8th, The Boy and the Heron. December 15th, Wonka. Uh, December 22nd, which is the Friday right before Christmas. Anyone but you, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, and Migration. And the 25th, Christmas Day, The Boys in the Boat, The Color Purple, and Ferrari. Interestingly enough, I don't see the bike riders anywhere. It must have got pushed to 2024. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about important things. Excuse me. Which movie do you think is going to be worse? The Marvels. Or Aquaman. Oh. I didn't say what would do more or less money. No, yeah, yeah, no, I got you. I, got you. I said just, what just, would be a worse well, film hold on, hold on, overall product. Hold on. We should do that. We should right now, which one's going to make more money? Which one will, will, will score worse? Um, so the money, the money fight is a different kind of battle because Aquaman is has the Christmas release window. So I don't know if that plays in or plays out. Well, well, I think the Marvels still beats it. Money wise, though, it oh, does, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's because it's, it's Marvel. No, mm-hmm. no, so hold on. I think, I think percentage wise, I think Mar the Marvels move, uh, Marvels will lose more money than Aquaman does. I think uh, that's, something will, we, that's something we won't win. I know for a while, though. I mean, we won't know either of these things for a while. You know what I mean? We won't know, you know, Aquaman until Aquaman, like what the scoring is until Aquaman comes out. But I think Marvels will lose more money than Aquaman loses. And I think that I think that Aquaman ends up being a better film, honestly. I and I and I'm not a DC guy. I do. Well, the first Aquaman. I don't know why we all looked. I mean, I I myself included, but I've I've watched that movie. Read the first Aquaman, and it it is it is. I don't want to say god awful, but it is bad. It's not great. No. And at the time, I don't know why everyone was looking at it. I, through rose tinting maybe because it just didn't suck like the the previous dc movies in the like the previous it movies. was it was a different movie it, it just but man that movie's not good and you, you hear all the all the rumors about um he was showing up to set like six hours late like completely plastered drunk and they couldn't shoot that day because he wasn't sober like come on that can't okay not translate so very well let me let me pivot here just a little bit so budgets for both movies are almost identical so the Marvels is coming in at two nineteen, and Aquaman's at two oh five. So in in Jesus. the in well in the grand scale of big budgets, those are very negligible numbers. So that's almost a fifty, you know, almost an even okay. split okay. there. Um, so we will be able to know which makes more money relatively quickly with that kind of number. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe though that Aquaman two is going to be an absolute disaster. <laughs> I, I agree. With you. Um, I agree one hundred percent. What what makes um, now listen? I I'm not saying that the Marvels will be that much better. I was going to say yeah. Like, like, what what makes you think the Marvels won't be an absolute disaster? Well, no, no, I've, okay. not, I've heard well, so, nothing good. So I don't know. So the the reason I believe that the Marvels wouldn't be on a, a disaster on the level that Aquaman two might be is because no matter what happens with a single Marvel movie, they will always have through lines connecting to other ones. Um. So there will be at least some sort of. I guess in quotations, redeeming quality to be like, Hey, we know after this, this is going to happen. That kind of thing. 
with with this Aquaman movie, like this might be the end for a significant amount of DC stuff. And, you know, they're not going to go out on the biggest bang they've ever had. And, you know, so the second trailer for the Marvels, which I wish they would have made the original trailer for the Marvels, looks like a far better movie to me than the first cut of the trailer does. The current Aquaman trailer is a fucking disaster. <laughs> it is a disaster. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's fucking bad. It's got the whole thing with, like, Amber Heard is in it, and, like, they, they're trying to make her minimal as possible, but I, I just, nothing about this movie is, like, just, there's just so many things working against it outside of the actual movie's release, so when you get to the actual movie, I just don't think they, no one, I mean, James Gunn has said that Momoa is not Aquaman moving forward, so what does it matter? Yep. So, like, it doesn't matter anymore. So, I just, I don't think it's gonna, I just don't think it'll do very well. I mean, this is only, it's only, it's only speculation. We have, we have no more information than anyone else does. It's just, we're, we're looking yeah. at it from, like, an industry analyst point of view of nothing good can come of it. If, it, if it's great, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, my, my info, my, my insider info is I watch a lot of fucking movies. And... <laughs> You know, and by the time we get to, you know, the Marvels and Aquaman, you know, I'll be at like 50 superhero movies deep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wish that was a joke, but it's not um, like superhero fatigue is a real thing. Give me something. Listen, I'm, I'm a big Marvel guy and, you know, I've never said that I'm not. But like I like Blue Beetle. Like I thought the story behind Blue Beetle was actually pretty decent. Like they carved out a cool little story in that. But like so much of the DC stuff has just been wonky as hell anyway. So like I don't you know, there we know that they're going full reboot. And like this is their cashing their chips in, baby. Let's see what we can make and let's just let it go. I agree. You no, know, the Marvels, you know, it's it's a continuing story. They're not rebooting that, but like they're shuffling a bunch of stuff around right now. I don't know if you guys saw that. They are definitely I'm not saying they're canceling things, but stuff is moving into different time slots, different release date slots. So oh, yeah, well, some so like, stuff's not going to make it, not going to see the light of day. Well, which is why I believe that there's a very real possibility of of some of some sort of reboot happening within Marvel as well. Because if you think about it, I mean, well, if you look at what's happened lately, they've had multiple streaming failures, one after another after another, and then you their their Phase Four movie launching has not been great, and apparently we're we're in Phase Five. You know what I mean? So it's like, all are we in things, Phase Five? I must have missed yeah, that. Yeah. And well, and, and that that's the thing, right? It's you know, n- no one's talking about it. No one cares at this point. It's a mess. The writing's terrible. There are so many things that have just gone sideways. Like, did you guys watch Secret Invasion? Honestly, I did. I did not, but I heard it was pretty bad. It's terrible. It's laughable bad. Like we're talking, like 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 zombies three, like the Disney musical level of editing and you know like CGI stuff. It's bad. And then on top of that, you know, have you guys watched any Loki yet? Honestly, I, I have not. It's it's not great so far. It's like nothing makes sense. There's no continuity. There's so many things that are just sideways and wrong right now. And this movie, I think, is going to be a huge kind of like, you know, just showing of what they have in store. It's just, it, it's not I don't think it's fantastic. In either well, way. I saw I saw something that Tom Hiddleston says that he does he no longer wants to be Loki. Like he's done. He doesn't uh, he, he, weird. He, he might weird. be on he might be on the screen, but like he's not mentally I don't know how in the world Disney PR didn't pick that up and squash that immediately. But he's like, I'm done. I'm checked. This is this is not what I signed on for. And so that, well, I mean that's what the money's for. That should tell you everything you need to know. I mean it's 
if any possible reboot, you can just go back to the end of Thanos and just start the fuck over, not doing not doing what you did during COVID, and just stop and just go back and tell a story. You can keep the Spider Man movies; those are really good. Just tell a story with these characters that needs that that, that it it naturally progresses. Don't force all this stuff in there. It just doesn't. That's the problem. But they have to. If they're going to continue, they're going to keep continuing on the road they're on. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Because what do you do with these characters? What do you do with them? Yep. I mean, only time you can't just write them out. It is what it is. I just I, I get so mad thinking about this because like, how can you not? Like you say, I mean, you play silly games, you get silly prizes, <laughs> and their silly prizes are. Uh, massively less of a box office return than they wanted. And it's justifiably so because these movies just aren't great, man. They're just... I mean, the, the last thing I'll say about it is is just something that I, I think is just extremely telling. You saw Disney buy out and take over Marvel Comics and absolutely drove that shit into the ground. It is no long... No one cares. They've written so many bad stories and bad characters and bad storylines, all this stuff. And the same thing has slowly ha- crept into, you know, the, the Marvel Cinematic Unis- uh, Universe sphere. And I think it's Wait, just... Hold on, hold on. I'm, it, it's obvious. It's, it's the same stuff that is dragging the, mo- the films down, I'm sure, right? Or the, it's, a, it's the same kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, it's just it's, yep. it's it should be embarrassing at this point, but it's there. There is no humility anymore. There's no embarrassment anymore in these big corporates, corporate structures because they're just we're past that age. You know, it, it doesn't yep. matter. But I mean, when I think of how good like the first ten years of Marvel was, it was it's incredible. And then where we're at now, it's almost night and day. It's like it just it's just it's black and white. It's a different. It's a completely different thing, and it just blows my mind. How you, how you well, the other negligent. The last thing I'll say about that too is they lost a couple of their workhorses too. You know, like their their biggest budget actors, actresses, people. You know, have stepped away from those roles for one one reason or another. You know, like there's no RDJ there, there's no Chris Evans, there's no Scarlett Johansson. You know, listen, the people that are still there, like there's still some real talent, but like those were some of the biggest people in the world that you know that stepped away from those roles. So. Well, there's there's yeah, a there's a, there's a rumor that RDJ is, is he's he's back, and the only way that works is a is a reboot or a going no, going that's back not the, so true. Well, I've, hold on, you don't have to reboot to have Robert Downey Jr. back. No, but hold on, I I seem to remember you guys saying he would never be back as Stark. He'll never be back. No, yeah. no, no, no. What you're saying is something I've ever heard. But if you ever wanted to bring him back, you bring him back as an AI like Jarvis or Friday. Yeah, because I, he's I just be narcissistic enough to upload his own consciousness to an AI system. <laughs> yeah, sure, but I mean, they're going to bring RDJ back because he was very popular. That's that's just my sure. thing. Is he's going to be Stark again? I, they're going to find some way to do that if they if they don't go back to the drawing board anyway. So we should move on. This is that's all that's a whole discussion for another episode. Uh, we you know we may even do a special episode on that because I mean, we all three of us have differing opinions on <laughs> where the Marvel's mm-hmm. going. So. I think it'd be interesting. No, we all have an idea that that movie might be bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's... that's again, I mean, I have no real hope on either one of those two movies, by no. the way. Yeah, nor, nor, nor should you. Hence why I've been saying for weeks that we're, we're in trouble this holiday season because, the you know, the bike riders is gone. Your two big movies are Marvel movies. It just doesn't... It, Marvel and DC, it just doesn't look good. It just doesn't look... Hey, baby, good. we still got migration in there. I mean, that should be okay. I sure hope so. That should be excellent. 
All right, let's take a look at what's streaming this week in our rotation is Amazon. And of course, uh, one of the movies I chose was Children of Men by director Alfonso Curion, Clive Owen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Julianne Moore, Michael Caine. Um, in the near future, in this world, this very, very bleak world that Alfonso Curion, he helps bring to light is um, women and men can no longer have babies. There's no more babies being born. Um, and the and all the all of a sudden one is found a woman is found that's pregnant and they're trying to get her to some kind of safety and figure out what's going on but as the movie goes on you find out all kinds of sinister stuff is happening and it's an extremely extremely well-made movie with some wonderful and i mean some and i mean some excellent very long unedited scenes that are just breathtaking to watch that uh, it's a movie that I come back to at least once a year, and I'm always surprised. Uh, I'm always pleasantly surprised how good that movie is. Uh, hell of a cast, Clive Owen. I always loved him, even though he's kind of a weird hit or miss. Anymore. He's a weirdo. Well, he was a list at one point, but he's it's been a long time since. But you know what the weird part about him being King Arthur was that I found out not too long ago was they actually cast him because they thought he was going to beat. Uh, in King Arthur, they thought he was going to beat out Daniel Craig for James Bond. That's why they cast Clive Owen as King Arthur. Huh. And, and yeah, um, uh, what's his face actually had that role. Um, Daniel Craig had that role before they before they then audible last minute to cast Clive Owen because they thought he was going to be James Bond. Boy, what a mistake that was! That, that movie sucked anyway. So, so um, I have a soft spot for for that King Arthur movie for some reason. But, oh, but I do the, too, but the movie you brought. Bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The movie you brought up though. So like I've seen that I've seen that movie one time and I was far too young and far too dumb to even appreciate probably what that movie was was all about honestly cuz I remember seeing it. I remember you know profoundly like the way the movie ends cuz like don't doesn't he get her out and like, like get her onto a boat or something like Yeah, it, it, like it, some, it ends some right down. It ends right on with him in the dinghy and her and like she gets yep. out but there's Something's wrong with it, but I won't spoil it. But that's a hell. You should revisit that, Chris. Given you, you yeah, probably have yeah. another ten years of of life experience on you to watch it this time, but you should definitely revisit mm-hmm. that. That's yeah, pretty yeah. excellent. Um, and Roger, thank you for giving me the the smile here. Dirty Work by director Bob Saget, Norm Macdonald, Jack Warden, Artie Lang, Chevy Chase, nineteen ninety eight. Who's this movie directed by, Grayson? Bob Saget. <laughs> Bob Saget's directorial debut. Which is great. Was it was, was it his one and only? No. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm not 100% sure about it, but it's unlikely that it's his only. Okay, okay. But I mean, like, look. Chris, you ever watch this movie? No, I have not. Dirty Work? It's <laughs> no. it's like the epitome of late 90s, early 2000s comedy. Okay. You know, it's wildly inappropriate, and it stars, you know, two of the most wildly inappropriate people with mm-hmm. Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Dirty Work is a story about this guy, Norm MacDonald's character, um, that what he does is he goes through, his name is uh, Mitch and his buddy is Sam. That's Artie Lang. He goes through and he basically, it's like a revenge for hire group, but like they prank people and shit like that. Like that's what Dirty Work is. (laughs) And like they get this commercial out there. Because like there's this guy down the street shooting a live commercial at a car dealership and like they hire a bunch of hookers and put them in the back of the trunk. So when he pops one of the trunks of the cars, he's like, there's a dead hooker in that trunk. <laughs> so and the guy is like, he's like, it's not a dead hooker. <laughs> Just screaming into the, you know, 
just like that's the kind of stuff that you get. Like this is uh, the last movie that Chris Farley appeared in. That's this movie as well, um, where he plays a guy that had half his nose bit off by a by a prostitute from Saigon, and right. multiple you know many times refers to the Saigon horde that bit my nose off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. Um, but I mean, like, look this movie it's it's this wild r-rated comedy that like by today's standards would never ever get made yeah. but like i think it's it's a good movie to go back and like laugh at like the this insane shit like one of my underrated moments of that movie is like mitch and sam were driving down the street and uh, sam likes to moon people as they drive by so he's like oh mitch movie line he's driving by by a cinema like a box mm-hmm. office yeah, yeah and like he's just mooning these people and then Sam or Mitch just stops the car and gets out and he's standing there with his ass out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's just so clever to me. Like, it's just, it's so funny, but yeah, dirty works. Awesome. Like that's the thing is like Norm Macdonald. He's a, he was a treasure, man. He's great. Oh God. Yeah. He was a comic genius, like legitimately a fucking genius. He was. There are so many people. There are so many people, like on like on on live television shows, that he just just sets up and just just terribly offends for the sake of getting the joke off, and didn't care who it was to like. Oh look. if a joke bombed, it is what it is, brother. On to the yep, next yep, one. Let's yep. go. <laughs> he's a, like, he's famous for um for setting up Bill Clinton with the joke and like and a few other like like uh like just very 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 high level people and it's just he just doesn't care, man. And and the way he delivers is, is so unique to him. No no one's ever done it like like Norm does. No dry and deadpan. Mm-hmm. He's he's death and Family Guy, which is you know the few times he's on there is great. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Norm McDonald, he's. Uh... I, I love Dirty Work. Um, I love Norm Macdonald, and I, I love that Bob Saget directed that movie because, like, it's funny how Bob Saget played one of the most wholesome dads ever on television, and Danny Tanner in Full House. But like, he's one of the most raunchy comedians you will ever hear in your life. Yep. Yep. Uh, mad Mad props to Norm Macdonald too, who passed away very recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, too long. That ago. he had the, it was less than a year ago. He had the foresight when he knew that he wasn't going to make it through to record one more comedy album to be released the day they announced his death, which dude, like that is so badass of a thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just solidify your legacy. Just leave your legacy yep. behind. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of an, I think we should, um, it would do as well to uh, acknowledge another very important uh, death this week is a uh, Matthew Perry. Um, the first friend cast member to pass on. Um, I think he was young, wasn't he? He was, he was only fifty four. Yeah, only fifty. Like that's. I, I was just reading the 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 news clip that, or the news thing came up on my phone. There was uh there was drugs in a hot tub, something like that. I, I don't know what the what, what the facts are, but uh, it's a shame. Uh, so I, I mean, show was like yeah. the friend that show was like mega stardom level show. It was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, that was. I mean, it, it was. It was the office before the office, right? Like that's like yeah. the show that everybody knew, like like malt, like many episodes, line for line. That that like that was it. That was the one. Well, so NBC had a thing of hits, like three big ones in a row, right? Like gigantic ones in a row. It went from Seinfeld to Friends to The Office, like in yep. sequential order, <laughs> like three monster shows. Yeah, wow. the, they they don't get much bigger than Friends either. That's the thing is like they just don't. Every year, Roger, what do you say? Every year that WB on the streaming service makes like a billion dollars off of the 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 watching for friends. That's oh, incredible. Yeah. That's incredible, man. 
um, the syndication. So yeah, that's just, that's something that really is. You guys want to hear an awful joke? Sure. Probably, probably not. Now they'll make a little bit more. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it will. That's for sure. It'll be streamed like crazy. At yeah. least for the, for the next year or two, it'll be watched by everyone who loves it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always a shame. Um, Chris, though, let's move on to your movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Covenant by director Guy Ritchie. So, I mean, more appropriately called Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Dar Salim, Anthony Starr, 2023. Tell us about it. When this one came out, we were all really excited for this one. And I think we did the the top five list and it was on all of ours, I believe, or at least two out of three. Yes. This, I mean, th- this is a very good uh, recent wartime film uh it's it's got a great story behind it it's a little long but other but if you can get past that man like the, the story told here about you know the interpreter working with uh with our forces uh overseas something goes wrong and a whole squad gets taken out and jake gyllenhaal's character makes it out but not from his own not on his own accord and it's actually all because of the interpreter but once he gets out the interpreter can't uh can't make it out himself so they he ends up having to go back for him and no one will help him do this and he goes on a an act a literal and figure figurative mission to make sure this man makes it out of you know the situation he's in because he's wanted dead by uh by the the people that he was actually you know working against the whole time so it's just a fantastic movie it ha- the ending's a little softer than what we liked just because it wasn't the expected uh ending doesn't mean it wasn't good but with the way the movie stacks up and the way it was advertised, we thought for sure someone wasn't making it. But in the end, like, like there's a lot that happens, uh, a lot of moving pieces near the end of this film. But just a really good ride all the way through. It, it, it's the movie draws you in and, and you're locked in the whole time until even even to the last few seconds of this film. It's very good. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. And I, excellent. I, excellent. I like I like seeing this movie. Oh, those are good. It's a good choice. It's uh, it's actually really recent, too. So I'm glad Amazon got that. Mm-hmm. But. If you subscribe to Amazon, you have access to Children of Men, Dirty Work, and The Covenant. That's kind of a different uh, grade of movies there, but uh, all good for their, own, for their own reasons. I'm laughing because Norm MacDonald and Bob Saget and Dirty Work, but yeah, <laughs> they're all good for their own reasons. Let's talk about some trailers, gentlemen. Anyone but you with um, Handsome Glenn, Glenn Powell, and uh, Sydney Sweeney as a feature. What are we thinking? It's only a teaser trailer I, I put up for you guys, but what are we thinking about this one? I like the fact that she like teases him and then nut taps him. Perfect. <laughs> Loved sack, it. A sack tap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, like, look, you want to know what'll ruin your day? That kind of shit. <laughs> I'm sure that does wonderful uh, job of setting the tone of what the actual movie will be, which is what I'm, I'm glad they're doing now. Uh, I like Glenn Powell. He's on a huge role right now. I wish him nothing but the best. I'm glad he gets in another one of his, you know, a movie that's more centered around him. Um, I'm excited for this one only because I want to see what he can do when he's not when 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 he is the major star power in the movie and no one else. So I'm I'm kind of interested in that. Chris, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, it looks fine. Probably not gonna be my cup of tea, but whatever. Fair. Well, I mean, I mean he's shirtless. It's your cup of tea. <laughs> true. true. I'm laughing because that's sadly true for me. Because it's <laughs> factual. <laughs> let's, let's talk about May December with Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore. It's a feature. What are we thinking about this weird one, gentlemen? So um, this, to me, is either going to be very good and weird or very weird and bad. Like, there is no in-between here. Um, you know, like, the, the baseline of the story is, you know, she's following up, like, Natalie Portman's an actress 
playing a you know working on a, a film like studying uh, doing a character study on somebody who was um who ended up pregnant by a seventh grade boy when she was in her 20s mm-hmm. as a school teacher so like that that entire idea to me is you know like an interesting thing to 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 have in that and then it's got like this weird psychological thriller thing going on mm-hmm. undertones so like either it's going to be excellent or terrible like there's no in between for me here I would probably agree with that, but I mean, given the caliber of the of the talent, Natalie Portman, Julian Moore, probably going to lean until I'm until I'm proven otherwise. I'm probably going to lean more towards it's probably going to be okay. It's probably going to be pretty good. Those are some heavy hitters there. So, um, as far as talent goes, uh, well, Chris, what do you what do you think about May December? Also, not your cup of tea. I'm always so. so I, I think the like what the movie the film is about. I know it's like it's. It's uh, it's similar to like events that have happened and things like that. So, um, I don't know the subject matter of the film though. Always it has me a little on, a little on guard for it because I don't know if I don't know if it's something that I'd want to see a movie about out just out and about. Honestly, it's just one of those True. things where you know you have a lot of different studios and a lot of different people making films, and you know it, it, it's everyone's own idea of art, right? It's it's all perspective, but. Something like this, I, I don't, I don't know if I agree with, you know, with like how it's going to be portrayed, but what we'll the see, you know, right? So we'll see how the movie actually goes, and you know, if there's anything else like behind the film, as you know, when, when it's released. But I, it's something like this, I, I don't think I'm gonna, I'm gonna be into it very much. But you know, we'll have to wait and see. That's fair. I can see what you said being true for Julianne Moore, but not for. I, I think Natalie Portman is still in her somewhat choosy phase of what she does. So I would imagine the script had to be okay for Natalie to want to do it. But, yeah, but I see, mean, you would have thought that was some of those star Wars movies. She was in too. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There are some weird people in Hollywood. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it, I don't know, like what we'll to see how this movie goes and how, like what it's actually like trying to portray and what the story it's trying to tell. We'll see. Sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's as fair a statement as any, Ordinary Angels with Hilary Swank, Amy Acker, and Alan Richson. This you just picked these at this point. No, you picked these at this point just just because you know we hate these. Well, I mean, no, but with the writer's strike, yes. coming up with new trailers each week is going to be getting harder and harder. So I thought I'd pick <laughs> these smaller movies yeah. for this week because we have a lot. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna get weird soon. But I don't mind Hilary Swank. I don't know why she's doing this. I think she's better than this, but maybe she's just like oh, money. She's well, doing sure. it for money, but I mean, th- what what could the budget of this possibly be? You know, it doesn't look like eighty six American dollars. It looks like know. it's. I, I, I see trailers movie. like I see trailers like this, and it, this is just Hallmark movies with Jesus. That's all it is. You're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong about that at all. I mean, like, look, they do make good money. I don't doubt it. They do make good. Let's uh, see if I can get a budget here. Ordinary angels. Well, it just no I think, posted budget. I mean, it, it kind of just reminds me of a Hallmark movie. Which, look, I'm not nothing. Nothing is Hallmark movies. Those movies are extremely popular with a certain crowd. So nothing against them, but it'll. I'm sure it'll find its. I'm sure it'll find its crowd. But if you notice, I guys, mean, like, look, the the faith based crowd turns out for these movies. They oh do. yeah, hundred percent. They they really truly do. So if it's got a good release date, like a holiday or like a long weekend kind of thing. They tend to make good money in the band. They don't budget cost never, a lot to yeah. make. Yeah. Never crazy. Budget. So give them credit for that. Of course. Of course. And also I, w- I want to 
Two of these three movies, at the end of them, even as teasers as they were, said only available in theaters on the date. So that's kind of a big push these I mean, these days is the only available in theaters type of thing. Um, I keep seeing that, and I keep, I mean, I keep seeing that, and I, I wonder why. But I mean, I'm not, I don't wonder why. I know why, but I keep seeing it. So I'd like to bring that to the I attention mean, of everybody. Only available in theaters has been a tagline before anything streaming has ever been has ever existed. You know what well, I mean? I, I know, but like now it's. I think they're trying to say that no, it won't be on streaming as soon as you think. If you want to see it, come see it in the theater. But maybe that's just me trying I mean, to pull out what I want to pull out. So I, I I I think you might be seeing a little bit more than you know than what's actually there on that one at this point. I think I think at first you know we had you know we we've had movies come out you know saying you know you know actually saying you know only in only in theaters you know n- like not not on not on any streaming service. But I think we're far past that at this point. I think we're back to the commonality of it's 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 uncommon when they come out same day you know streaming as movie release it, it, it's an uncommon thing compared to what we're getting as a normal where it's in the theaters first now if it comes on a streaming quickly or not that's a whole other discussion but so that is most definitely changed are, yep yeah yeah i wonder um one last thing about ordinary angels and we mm-hmm. can move past it um that movie was supposed to release on taylor swift day by the way <laughs> and it's all the way back into february yeah so. yeah well, I mean, that. that was smart to move out of the way of... Uh... You know, that was probably the movie that was smartest to move because, you know, Taylor Swift's career began in country music, right? So it's like, so a lot of the crowd that li- that, that listens to country music are also, you're going to be your faith-based, faith-based crowd. So that movie moving probably makes the most sense because I think Taylor Swift percentage-wise would have dug into that, movie's, that movie more than any, any other one out there. Or it would have boosted it. I mean, who knows? No, there's, there's no way anyone is gonna double feature, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like you know what I mean, like the Taylor Swift film into that or that into the Taylor Swift film. That's like five hours of movie, dude. There's no way. Oh, fair. I mean, it, sure, I get what you're saying, but we'll we'll never know. And yeah, you're right. It was probably oh, the smart. It was probably the smart move of that movie to move off of Taylor Swift Day. I mean, it was smart of everything that we wanted to <laughs> Swift Day. Yes, yes. Um, one, one last thing before we move into talking about our movie here. Um, you did just bring up something about saying it's being released only in theaters. Um, let's talk about Five Nights at Freddy's for just a minute, because I won't be here for that discussion, because I have a work thing to attend. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's was released day and date on Peacock Premium. So, and it still did pretty good money oh yeah so my, co- my cousin and well my sister-in-law and my nieces and nephew my niece and nephews got to enjoy that movie the other day at the in the comfort of their homes yep so like that that's one thing to think about so i don't they can't say that that hinders or hurts you know money anymore because like this movie was number one release day and date made pretty good return on their investments so it just depends on the movie did, it never did, forget that it did better than dune didn't Dune only? I think Dune only made like forty million that opening weekend. It wasn't. wasn't yeah, but that was a whole different ball game then. Yeah, we're in a different time at that point too. But yeah, you, those kind of numbers and dates are probably we're never going to see that kind of stuff again. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. You know. Hopefully, he's right. Yeah, you. If Dune, if Dune Part One released now, man, I think it would have made just a banger amount of money. It would have been. It would have been. Nuts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll, I mean, see, we'll find I mean, out. You know, in six months. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think they'd be smart to re-release the first one for a weekend run, but I don't think they're going to do that. 
Nah. That's a lot of Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you guys don't mind having a lot of Dune. Absolutely nope. not. No, I don't. But you know that can segue right into Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> you can because indeed. that's a lot of Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> All right, without further ado, as Roger alluded to, as we move into the movie of the week, Killers of the Flower Moon, let's get some particulars out of the way. And I want to say right off the bat, the tomato meter, 93%. That's a high number. Audience score, 85. You notice the audience score is a bit lower than tomato meter. And the Metacritic for this bad boy is 89, which is excellent. That's an excellent number, by the way. Sure the hell is. All right, so here's the thing about Killers of the Flower Moon. It is 1,600 hours long. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's talk about some particulars. I mean, that fucking feels like it. <laughs> Probably 1,600 seconds. It's Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, who's excellent, by the way, Jesse Plemons, Tantu Cardinal. Um, and there's a whole, there's a massive list of names you guys should check out. Uh, and Brendan Fraser, which I, I was happy to see, and John Lithgow as well, and Sturgill Simpson. Always good. Always happy to see those three. I was surprised to see Brendan Fraser. I didn't realize he was in this, but very, very happy to see him. Directed, of course, by Martin Scorsese, and you know, very much, very much looks and sounds like a Martin Scorsese film. And um, I think it's important that uh, with the writer Eric Roth and cinema, cinematographer Rodrigo Prieto, I think those are important. Roger. Um, if you could do your best, sir, what is Killers of the Flower Moon about? Okay, so I'll get to the breakdown here in 10 seconds. Uh, just so you know, three hours and 26 minutes is the official runtime of this film. That is 12,360 seconds. Thank you. Wow. Just so we, okay, we know enough. that. Yeah, that's, that's a real thing. Uh, so Killers of the Flower Moon is based on a true story of the uh, Osage murders from the late 20s, 1920s, by the way. God, I feel like <laughs> weird that I have to say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. um, so that's, you know, that's what this movie is. It tells a story, follows Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the little family that he's part of, just going right on through. Um, God, this movie has been in development for like seven years. Did you know that? Seven years. Most most Scorsese stuff is in development much longer than you yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a, a guy named Ernest, you know, and his wife Molly. They get married during the movie, you know, and he's basically you know gangster enforcer for his uncle uh, William Hale, King Hale. They call him. Um, and this is this is a story about how they go through and basically knock off a whole family full of. Uh, Osage tribesmen and anybody anybody else that got in their way. So, you know, this is this is that. I did a really bad job of doing that one, but it is what it is. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to put into words though. Like what you know, what this there movie are, actually is. There are a lot of story. yeah, yeah. There are a lot of layers to to this film, right? And which is, I think, one of the reasons why we get the movie length. One of the reasons we get the movie length we do. Um. Not to say that I agree with the movie length, because I think that's one going to be one of my my negatives on it. But like, so we're following two characters mainly here, right? So mm-hmm. it's the, the like the movies the movies representation of the of, of the Osage people is is through um what, what's her name? Her name's Molly, right? Molly. Molly Kyle. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, we're following. It's like Molly's per, uh, perspective is that of her peoples, right? Where we have Ernest, 
who like this a lot of the movies on his shoulders as well and through his perspective which it he's just dumb right like he's he's not a smart guy is is not a smart man yeah well i mean that's his biggest character flaw right he's not a smart man and he's a follower and because of that is like because of those two things he's not smart and he's a follower is why so many things happen to and around him and you know parallel to molly and her family and her people Uh, and like uh, so many things are set into motion you know, because of him or, you know, through him and he's unawares of their actual like full down the road ramifications on some of these things until he's are it's already more, far too late. And, you know, some of these he doesn't even realize that are happening around him because of him or, you know, adjacent to him. So seeing these two perspectives side by side and the whole time these people, these, these two are husband and wife is a, it's an interesting like it's an interesting showing of like of what all these things that were happening, you know, to the Osage people and to top that whole thing off with the, the villain who is um, Robert De Niro's character who played excellently because he's, he does a very good job of playing that guy who, who acts like your friend up front, but would absolutely poison you. Have you know you why shot you're not in the face? Yeah, your face, the back of the head, the front of the head. You know, it doesn't it, matter. Right, right. Well, I mean, your, right in front of your baby doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a lot she here. In the yard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, there's there's just so much that that his character is a, is a part of and puts into motion, but the whole time, it, 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 like you, because it's acted so well by Robert De Niro, you you believe that his character really believes that he is friends with these people. You know he's he's narcissistic enough to believe that he's, oh, he's yeah. delusional well, enough to believe that that he's helping people that you know that he's he's given them so much that he deserves you know that like you know they've enjoyed more than they ever would so it's okay if they don't get to enjoy it for very long that kind of thing it's nuts and to see this whole story play out it is it it does it, it is awe inspiring just not in the in the greatest of ways because uh, just the. The fact that this actually, you know, a lot of this is, you know, part of a true story and happened to people is insane to think about. Well, here's there's a lot of stuff here. I I like the parallels drawn, and as as true as some of this might be, it's it's interesting because of what's going on with the with the oil money with these with the Osage people is like they they're getting all the oil right money is going right to them. So it's funny how it kind of, if you look at society, how it's been in American history and like kind of, you know, contemporary, it's kind of the opposite of that, which what I think the movie is in the book is probably very clever to highlight is it's, you know, like we, like the, the native Americans are the one that are kind of in charge of all this. And like all these, all these, you know, dudes are trying to get into get into their family and marry them so they can get part of the money is get pieces of the puzzle yep i thought that was an interesting kind of a i mean every martin scorsese movie said something about society and this one of course it kind of hits you in the head with with all with, with all of those things and then especially the the wolf thing it's like you remember you guys remember that when it's like can can you spot the wolves in this picture and the point is they were the, the the point of that is they were not hidden they were in they were right out in the open which is our wolves were right out in the open not hidden so i mean that's right kind of the nail on the kid nail on the head kind of spoon feeding but 
I mean, Scorsese movies have a lot to say about a lot of different things, and hopefully we'll cover some of them. But um, before we get into the first impressions, like when the when the credits started to roll, if you guys could try to remember like your first like 30 seconds of like, wow, what did I just watch? In the first 30 seconds when the credits started to roll was I had to pee. I had to pee really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure most people had that same impression. But after Dude, you- I had to pee twice during this movie. After nope. the after you <laughs> after you peed, Chris, what then did you, what then did you think? So, okay, so honestly, the only only thoughts that have that have lingered with me about this film after it's it's ended was just the the perspective of of Ernest and how there's like how what what his ultimate downfall was with his wife that that was that was like the biggest thing that stuck with me, but. Other than that, I'm going to be honest, and maybe this is the un- the the uncommon opinion here. This movie did not stick with me long after I watched it. I was not I was not blown away by this film. I was not, you know, this this thing didn't stick with me. Other films this year have, other recent films have. I haven't really thought about this movie much after my viewing of it beyond just like what I thought what I thought about for this show and maybe a little bit extra. So. But Ernest, Ernest's whole situation that he gets himself into, and his and how he truly does, I I truly believe how much he loves his wife, and all the things that you know he was a part of. While he knows they're bad things, the fact that even in the end, at the very last moment, he had a chance at redemption, and he still fucked that up. It absolutely <laughs> amazes me. It absolutely amazes me that incredible, right? It, well, it's just and 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 I understand how. Like, I I understand his mindset on it. I, I get why he did it. I don't agree with it, but like, I can see exactly how that all went for him and why I think the things fell where it did. I get it. Um, Roger, what what about yours? Your uh, your right after the movie ended. Um, after I went and peed, of course. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to echo what Chris said too much, but you know. This movie in general, you know, I understand that it's it's good and I get it, but like it didn't really like strike a chord with me as like, ah, you know, when I look back on 2023, this will be one of the best movies that I tell people they have to see because I don't think that it is for me. And, you know, the people that I've talked to since I've seen the movie, you know, I'm just like, hey, man, it's okay, But, you know, it's long, long this so. movie is really good, but I just I don't I, in my personal it doesn't go beyond that that statement. It's very good. But uh, it's also, not, me and Chris watched this movie together for the it's first true. time in quite a we, long time. We so. went on a date. It was great. We did. It was nice. Ran into mm-hmm. each other and mm-hmm. <laughs> very then, nice. Yeah. I uh, on the other hand, I'm not usually into Scorsese films. Um, I mm-hmm. again, I I because I as a film connoisseur, I watch them and I completely am usually ready to give them a wonderful review but like i'm chris like you said most of them they just don't stick with me and um one of the ones i'm really sore about uh is the the um blood diamond versus um how was the movie roger one best picture the departed the, the remake the of the departed is blood diamond now this is this is my opinion and i've looked at both movies again and again and again and again it, the blood diamond is far and away the better movie of that is the better leo movie of that time and to me, the the Departed is only it's it's okay. I didn't. I really that surprised me so much when it won Best Picture. I was like, what? so what are you saying? So 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 what are you saying in relation to this film though? Like, like, what, like what are you getting at? 
Um, well, I mean, if I'm answering your question, th- this film is so much better than than The Departed. <laughs> okay, Mi- all right. Miles miles ahead of The Departed. How, however, I'm not usually I now. I know Roger, Roger and I have, have had discussions about this. I'm not a Martin Scorsese guy, but I loved this movie. And I don't, I'm trying to figure out what the difference is here. Because, I mean, it's not like Leo's a difference. I mean, he's been in several. Not like, you know, uh, De Niro's a difference. I mean, what, I, I, I think it's, I enjoyed so much of what was going on on screen. Uh, especially mm-hmm. the exchanges between DiCaprio and De Niro that, that's like a whole different level to me is, you know, it's just, I watched runaway jury recently. And again, the, 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 the shtick of that one for me is you, you get to see Gene Hackman and who's the other guy in that one. Um, Cusack. No, well, G- Cusack. no, the, the, the older lawyer, I forget, I forget his name already. Anyway, you get to see these two guys in the, have a scene in the bathroom where they're kind of going at it. And like, Oh yeah. Yeah. A wonderful little, um, I can't think of his name. What's exchange. His name? exchange. Yeah. And like, and, and to me, like this movie is full of these exchanges between De Niro and DiCaprio that are just, they're they're electric, man. They're just they they just feed off of each other, and they just keep getting you're, better as the scenes go on. <laughs> you're talking about Dustin Hoffman, right? Yeah, yeah, Dustin Hoffman. Sorry, I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman, yes, correct. Um, but just what's going on in this movie? I just loved it. I loved all the all the parallels they were drawing. You, you you loved all the all the murdering of the Osage people. Like what? Like, what no, are you saying no, here? I didn't. That's a no, bold no. statement. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, we, no, I think no, we have to d- dig into this. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. <laughs> um, I I love the. I think what I've, especially for Scorsese and me, is I love the art, like the craft of filmmaking that went into this. I guess I got to say is like we don't get many movies like this that are just made by people who know what the f- know what the hell they're doing, and they do a damn good job. Now. Um, I read somewhere that this got a two hundred million dollar budget, and it only got that because Scorsese's money, Scorsese and his people were behind it, and it it in no way would have gotten that budget otherwise. Because if okay. as you as you see, it's it's second week in the box office, and it's going to start to tank. Here is eighty nine million, and that's 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 the high point. So. so- let, let me ask a money question because I'm usually the money guy, right? So this movie does have a $200 million budget, confirmed. Is, do you guys think that there's a legitimate reason that this movie costs so much? Like, there's not a lot of CGI here. There's not a lot of large set production. Where did this money go? I mean, practical I think, effects are, I think expensive, there's more, are expensive, right? I think there's more set production than you think here. Um, I was trying to figure that out too while I was watching it. Is they have a lot of huge crowd scenes, like a lot of them. Uh, they also have a lot of, you know, the, the all the house stuff. Those all would have been sets. All of them would have been, especially when like the stuff that the house blows up. All that neighborhood stuff would have would 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 have would have been. A, I'm sure they built all, that entire neighborhood. I'm sure they built that entire set. I mean, two hundred is just a large amount for just practical effects. Well, but also don't. Don't just like discount how much De Niro and DiCaprio are getting. No, and you know, I, I don't I don't want to do that either, but this that's you know, just part of that part of that number. It's just like you know, if you would have told me that this movie so like we know that it costs two hundred million dollars, right? But if you would have told me like, hey, this movie costs a hundred million, you wouldn't be like, Huh, well, they really squeezed that in there under, you know, a small number, you know. That's like, I wouldn't have felt that way. Very true. If, if you had told me at 100 million, I'd be like, okay, that's respectable. It looks like it on yeah, the screen. Right? Yeah, right? Or, I mean, let me, I don't want to try to like 
downsize it one more time. But imagine they told you that movie cost $50 million. Wouldn't you be like, wow. Okay, cool. You know, that means you know, all the money must have went to the actors and actresses, right? Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like, you right. wouldn't have thought twice about it. I mean, $200 so million, like, dollars, yeah. Well, because, I mean, like, look, let's let's just, we, we talked a few minutes ago. Let me tell you two other movies that cost $200 million. Aquaman 2 and the Marvels. That's <laughs> true. That's very true. Think about what I just said, and think about it on a perspective of, like, where the fuck did that money go? Mm-hmm. I mean, d- you know, and you said let's talk about De Niro and you know DiCaprio for a second, right? Let's say that they got a crazy huge number for this movie, both of them, right? Twenty mil each, right? Is it right? Where's the hundred and sixty? Where's it go? I, just, I don't think. I, I just I think a lot of that stuff is more expensive than you think. I think Scorsese is the guy that likes to be practical in everything he does, build all of his sets. I've imagined. I will never so question close. Martin Scorsese. It's just this movie seems like it costs an exorbitant amount of money to me. Mm-hmm. From and like, look, I'm not saying this movie's bad or like they wasted money somewhere. I just don't see where it was used. That's so all. That's my the point my I to my make. theory. My theory is it takes a lot of money to pay a team of editors to cut a seven hour movie down to three and a half hours. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's probably true. This movie has to been a five hour <laughs> cut, right? For real. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Leo got as high. I wouldn't be surprised if Leo got as even as high as thirty for this. Yeah. De Niro's not De, De Niro's not getting that. Not not anymore. No, but, no. Um, De Niro's been De Niro's been kind of like on. He's not. He has. He's not like on a bad streak, but he hasn't been doing any like any like big Oscar nominated roles as as of late compared to what he's done in the past. But like this is he's fantastic in this. It it feels good to see him. In a, I guess like a serious role, is I guess the way I mean, I like he's to put great. It. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. He's fantastic in this, and and Grayson's correct. Him and Leo, seeing them, you know, in scenes together, and they're back and forth. You know, it's it's good. It 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 feels good to see because you know it's it is two great actors. You know, in scenes. However, I feel like I've seen this from Leo before, right? Like I don't know. The, like the character of Ernest doesn't feel too far off of other things he's done. You know what killed you know. that? About, you know what killed him about Leo though? And Ernest is like. I, and, and I tweeted this after. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet. No one ever does. Anyway, it's a. Uh, it's almost like I. I, 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 I don't have an axe. <laughs> it's it's almost like um, uh, Scorsese. You're like Leo, I'm I'm glad you're working with me again. Always good to have you on my movies. Um, I need you to act as unattractive as possible, frumpy, and I need you to have the facial mannerisms as uh, Carl from Sling Blade. And Leo's like, <laughs> <laughs> and Leo's like, all right, that's fine. That might be the funniest shit you've ever said. <laughs> but you know he, he died. Like if it, you know I what though, I I honestly I didn't I couldn't place it. But now that you said Carl from Slingbait, because like he's got that thing where he sticks his bottom like jawline out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, he's just like he talks and, like this, and, and his eyes are always kind of closed, but kind of yeah. not. Yeah, glassed over. But here's yep. the thing: it's, it's like yeah. Leo was like I remember Roger, and it's always stuck with me. You said so, I, don't, I forget which actress was in a movie, but you're like you're like. I don't want to. I don't want to be funny for a second, but they made this actress look not attractive, and that's kind of an that's that's an accomplishment. Oh, that's yeah, an well, achievement. We, on we just own. talked yeah. about something. Yeah, like they made this hottest. Yeah. Oh, that was there was a couple movies like that where like you took one of the hottest women on the planet and somehow made her not attractive. Why did you do this? Like same with same with Leo. Why? I, look, this may be being true to the book or trying to be true to whatever character, but why not just have him be normal? Like I understand it, it goes with his character of he's doing all these shady things behind their back. So like, he's kind of a shady dude and give him kind of a shady kind of frumpy way to carry himself. I get that, but it's Leonardo DiCaprio, man. Like use him. 
Like use, you know, I, I guess if I guess if you change that part of it, that you know, because he is kind of dull, um, that he doesn't seem because he's very gullible, but like never overly so. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he, he takes some convincing, but he can be be very easily convinced. You know what I mean? Like that's his kind of story, like how he runs it. And there's something you know, he's that... never too far off, but he's just like, oh yeah. You know, we'll do that. Sure. And I don't understand. Chris, you said something about... He's talking about, like, murder. (laughs) Chris, you said something about he was never sure, but wasn't there a scene where he was... I think he was downstairs. He was was doing something with the... He was putting something in one of the little vials, and then the camera pans up, and it's him. He knows... He knew absolutely what he was doing to his wife. He absolutely knew what he was doing to his wife. I didn't say he... I didn't say he was never... He was he was never uh, sure. I said he said he sometimes he wasn't sure. So oh, like, okay. there's multiple times in this in this movie where he does something or he, he does something someone tells him to, and he never finds out what that's linked to, right? But there's other things that he knows exactly what he's doing is wrong, you know. And actually, the thing that, that's happening with his wife is actually like one of the pieces, that, like you know, I can talk more about or uh, the, the more interesting parts is that he. I don't think he knows. I don't believe that. Yeah. yeah, he he doesn't know what he's doing to his wife until it's far too late, and only then does he realize at that scene you're talking about Grayson when it pans up to him and he's doing it, but like he's having a very hard time going through with it. Where he finally dumps it in his own drink, he, like that's when he's finally realizing that he's absolutely a part of the the the, the mechanism that's that's killing his wife. But he yep. didn't know okay. that at first. Okay. He, you know, because again, he's gullible and he's a follower and he listens to whatever someone's t- what well, someone yeah, tells him. I mean, him and if you look at it from him, because he's not very bright, you know, the doctors tell him, hey, like, remember, you know, you got to give her one drop of this, mm-hmm. you know, per day to help keep her, you know, feeling good. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. You know, the doctor tells the dumb guy how to keep how to keep his wife safe. The dumb guy does what the doctor says to keep his wife safe. That's exactly what, like how that how that breaks down. And it's it's through these things that you really see that, you know, sometimes he gets it like he knows when he's robbing a guy. Right. He gets it. He knows when he's in a meeting with his uncle trying to get some, you know, trying to get someone to kill somebody else that he gets it. But there's other times where things happen and he has no idea that, you know, something that he just did, you know, turn some wheels in a machine that got someone else that he knows or that his wife knows killed down the road. It's absolutely the case for some for some of the things that happens in this movie. Uh, yeah, no. What what you're saying is true. Um, but yeah, I th- I thought you were trying to say something else, but he didn't know he was what he was doing was leading to the death of someone important. I'm like, yeah, he I, he had he had he had he had an so, idea. So, I mean, I, uh, he eventually gained like garners the idea, yes. But uh, like, there's there's a lot of things that happen here that he he does he he isn't aware of. He's too he's too stupid, and he's too he's too trusting. He's too slippery. Yeah, yeah, to to really like you know understand, not excusing his behavior at all, but like to really understand the breadth of what's you know actually happening in front of him. So can can we talk about my favorite character for one second? Slingblade, Miss No, Mister Kelsey Morrison. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Talking about selling off the kids or murdering the kids, his adopted children. Hold on. Yeah. (laughs) My theater was wild. My my theater was full of. It was, uh, it's a, it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of the older crowd side, and I love that thread because, and I love that scene because he's like, well, what if, what if my wife were to suddenly die, and then her kids were to, you know, suddenly die in an accident, would I get the money? money? And and then I love the guy. He's like, you, 
you, you, you realize you just told me that you're going to murder her and her and her kids just to get the oil money, right? And then there was a big laugh. Uh, and there he goes, and not if, not if I'm not going to get it. <laughs> That's the fucking kicker. Like, what? That was... Really like, listen, I'm not some sort of monster. <laughs> like, you if I'm it- not going to get... <laughs> game for it did you say that your that, like your theater laughed at that part grayson oh yeah like uproariously and oh pretty, yeah right me, so. me and roger as well you know who laughed in our theater just me and chris <laughs> <laughs> you realize you just but actually me, you're gonna kill three people right <laughs> i'm pretty sure like our theater it was me and chris and like one other person right yeah that's true yeah that was it in our theater yeah in in the largest house too <laughs> mm-hmm. really so. uh, yeah, yeah. marquee or, or amc AMC. AMC. Oh, nice. Okay. AMC, eleven thirty a.m. Baby. Yeah. Which we walked in promptly at what last trailer because I was like, yep. I'm not going to be here any fucking longer than yeah. I have to be. Yeah, it was, it was a stretch to begin with, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I guess my what I want to talk about next is something we don't do very often, but I'm trying to get back in the habit of doing is, uh, just just a general question here. Now, um, the does it feel like a Martin Scorsese movie to you guys? I'm my, my my answer is absolutely yes. It does, certainly does. Oh yeah, certainly. I think so. It's you know the especially with he's he's working with people he worked with before, especially the 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 DP who who did the Irishman with him. Um, I I think this this is hundred uh, percent. If you didn't know who directed it, you'd know within the first twenty minutes. This is definitely a Martin Scorsese film. Um, case in point, but and I I think it. I mean everything looks. I don't think anything doesn't look real. And I think Roger, that's where a lot of the money went because none of this looks like it was on a back lot or it was, you know, on a set, on a soundstage somewhere. I think it, the reason it looks so good is because they, they legitimately probably built everything, especially if it's on location in Oklahoma, which I, I don't know if it was, but I, they'd have to build everything. There's nothing there. So, I mean, that could be it. But true. Like, it, it, it all looked and sounded and felt uh, 1920s Osage County authentic to me. So at least, at least from at least from my perspective, watching this movie, someone who likes all the technical elements of the filmmaking process, it looked and sounded real. So, and I, my question is to you guys: Did it also to you guys look and sound real? Oh yeah, absolutely. With the, without a doubt in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels authentic too. Like it looks, and you know, they do a lot of the Osage. Um, like tribal uh, presentations and stuff like that. And uh, that was actually really neat to see how they do their things. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy about that. I agree. I agree. I, um, I, again, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, but some of the, I mean, I, I feel like Leo was misused. It's one of the things I'm going to use against this movie. I think like Leo was misused, but then again, I, I might be just be discounting how important it was for him, how good Leo is to play that, that really kind of frumpy dude. That well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just underplaying that. How do you mean Leo was dis was was misused though? Like, what do you mean? Uh, I just think the character like he's, was, too good, like he's too good for this role. Like, what do you mean? No, I just why couldn't he just be Leo doing? Like, why did he have to be the like completely be something against who like who he, what he sounds like, what he looks like, everything? I don't know. Maybe that's just I have, wanting. I have a question, um, sir. What do you what do you have a what do you have against acting? Like I, I don't understand. Like I, I don't. But isn't that why you pay a guy as good as Leo so that he can come in and play the role that you think the character you know the character that you've written fits or the character? I I fits? agree. I think I think if if you're an actor, you should be able to play any role regardless of sure 
And there, I mean, yes, I agree with that. And if you're, if you know what I'm talking about, listener, then you'll know that I'm going against the grain here. But yes, I, I agree with that. I'm misused might not be the right word. Um, less they unglamored him. And I'm still kind of no. figuring out, like, why, I mean, why would you unglamour him for this? Because, because that's probably because that's how the guy was in history, dude. Like, what do you want? Yeah, so, like, you're, you're I, adapting his story from a real, no, uh, actual course. thing that happened. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll even dig. I'll even dig into this one le- one layer deeper for you too, because we talked. We already talked a little bit about this exact thing. He's a follower, blah blah blah, all this stuff. So he's an he's a he's an uncompetent unsure of himself follower who's not very smart right we've already talked about like 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 that you know he's got that that lower jaw kind of sticking out that underbite thing going on his teeth aren't clean he's kind of squinty he looks weathered blah 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 but characters but he's handsome but but but, but he is a handsome man right so like so that kind of person grows up getting made fun of, getting called stupid, blah, 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 you know, by people that aren't stupid, that do have like, you know, quote, unquote, the whole package thing going on. And that's why they become followers because they're not terrible to be around for one reason or another, but they, they have imperfections that make, that make them unsure of themselves and non and not confident people. So that's why that's important to the actual character and the way it's portrayed. Cause if he's just a beautiful son of a bitch, on on the screen, you're never going to believe that the guy isn't sure of himself, or the guy doesn't, you know. Well, no, I got, get you know, why they all did those things they lined did, up, but I just, I, yeah, so. I don't know. I, th- I think Leo is one of those people that like he's definitely an A list. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I agree with why they did what they did, um, especially when the, the conversation between him and De Niro, I think, were kind of upscaled a little bit because of his handicap and like the 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 dichotomy between those two men was really great. One was completely using the other, and then it was kind of you know what I mean. Like King Hale was using him for a long time, and well, he, that he, I, he I, I, I think King Hale. Yeah. I think King Hale uses everybody. Of course, that's what. Yes. He does. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, why would it be any different with with Ernest Burkhart? You know what I mean. So I think all the performances here are just fantastic, especially uh, the woman who played Molly Gladstone, or no, that's that's her Molly Kyle. <laughs> You're mixing her name, Lily yeah. Gladstone. Yeah, yeah. Lily Gladstone. Yeah, she, actually, it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, her acting in this, I think she has the hardest of the roles because she has a lot of heavier things that she has to portray. Right, she like a lot of sadness, a lot of grief, a lot of anger and rage. She has to go through a lot of different like of those harder emotions to portray, and it's probably taxing on like multiple takes. So I, I believe she does a very good job here. The only thing that, that was kind of off putting about her about the character Molly Burkhart was how, how, how very slow she was at everything, you know, all of she, she talked very slow and, but like, you can kind of say that that's because of the, of the, um, the diabetes and all that kind of stuff that's going on with, with, with her that might actually slow her down a little bit, you know, in, in, in that department. But I think all of that, you know, like considered, you know, I think she has the, probably the hardest role to play here out of, you know, the, like our big three, I think she does, she does a fantastic job of it, too. Well, I mean, she absolutely holds her own, you know, with, you know, all the big actors, mm-hmm. you know, in this film. Like, she holds her own with Leo every scene that they're in together. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a whole lot of screen time with just her and uh, Hale, De Niro's character. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she's never out of place here. You know, it's all there. So, she does a, she does a good job in this role. Very very believable and like the way she plays somebody who is like relatively healthy to very sick to back to healthy again like that's mm-hmm. i think that's kind of crazy too yeah well, and what, what what's happening to these people is is anyone can see it's 
it's a travesty what's happening to it's terrible people. yeah it's awful it's yeah. the fact that happened like i'm it just that's a real thing i'm like wow that's laws were different back then obviously um there's there, there's a lot going on here with like I'm glad we got to learn the meaning of killers of the flower moon, like what that meant, like what a flower moon was. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you find out, as soon as you find out what that is, you know exactly where it's going with the title of killers of the flower moon. So I'm happy. I mean, because the title, you really don't know what that is in the title until it's explained to you. And I'm, I'm glad we got to really, I'm glad that wasn't hidden meaning in the movie. Cause a lot of those stuff can be like hidden in some of these bigger films like that by these big directors. And I'm glad that Scorsese doesn't really seem to hide stuff like that. And I'm always glad that he didn't, um, and this movie's pretty straightforward, I think. Um, I wanted to mention that, see if you guys picked up well, also. So one one thing that is straightforward, yeah, I'll give you that, but like the one thing that I have an issue with here is we have large t- uh, time jumps in this movie, like multiple months and years worth of time jumps with no noticeable change until like, hey, she had a baby that's now two. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Like those are the kind of time jumps. Like I don't, I don't understand why we would jump that far without some sort of like signifier about how far we move forward. Just, just put the year at the bottom of the damn screen for yeah, right. Just once we know, you know like started at like twenty one and then twenty four and twenty seven, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure, like that that's fine. But yeah, that that was a little bit jarring at first, but. I, mean, I, I think they always, they, they always give you a marker or a way to tell how much time, at least kind of gauge how much time has passed by. Yeah, the birth of children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the age of children and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's not a hard thing to, I mean, if you're paying attention to the movie, I think you pick up on that pretty quick. I don't think you wouldn't pick up on that if you're really into the movie, but. Um, I don't see yeah, what I mean, having a date hurts though. No, you know it, what I mean? Like, like, are, are you going to, are you going to argue against it? No, 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 no. So, of, I, of I'm course. Just confused. But I mean, yeah. that's the, uh, they chose the more classy way of doing it by just saying, "Oh, well, they'll notice hold that." Kid on, hold on, hold on. It's classy because they didn't tell you, you know, you know, make it easier for your audience at hand to understand the amount of time that's passed in a quick way, so you can focus well, on the other part of the scene. I'm, I'm arguing. I don't think it's difficult. I mean, Roger's right. There, whenever there's a large, whenever there's a lot of time passage, and you're you're using like pregnant women not pregnant anymore and then like birth of a child who's now not an infant but like seven to to, to do that, it's a little hard to keep track of but not impossible not if you're paying attention to the movie i don't think I mean, you know like in this movie like they span like nine years yeah, right it's quite mm-hmm. a bit of time absolutely like that's a long time yeah nope. um that's but... like, let's talk about some stuff that maybe you guys didn't like or i mean I'll, I, got, I got a few things i didn't like either but you mean besides the length see i wanted to let's talk about this for a second and we kind of did sure. talk about it a little bit in text, and we'll only do this for a few minutes. But a lot of people complain about this movie. And look, it's legitimate because you're right, Roger. What you said last week. This is absolutely a four plus hour to the movies, depending on how far you have to drive, or yep. you know, you're paying a babysitter for that time as well. Whatever you're doing, it's an expensive and time expensive trip to the movies. However, you know, myself, I'm okay watching an entire season of a show on Netflix for you know, eight, nine, 10 hours in one sitting. I don't complain about that. So why do I complain about this? So you brought this up in text and this is a point that I'm glad you brought up now because, so let's talk about binge watching in general. Okay. Because like, look to make a movie super long and be like, well, they don't care. They binge watch shit all day. That's an invalid argument because like, say you want to watch five or six episodes of something on Netflix. that spans, let's say six hours. Okay. You don't watch all six hours consecutively. 
you with can the, pause with, yeah, without ever getting up. Yeah. You can wait in between the shows and one hour breaks and do whatever else you want to. When you go to the movies for three hours and 30 minutes, there is no pause. There is not a single break. You know, that's true. And like, look, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to play the old man thing here, but like I told, I said earlier, like I had to pee twice during this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you, you know what I mean? Did you have a drink? I did have a drink. You know why? Because the movie's three and a half hours long. (laughs) (laughs) And and then the man would have been parched otherwise. (laughs) Right. But so, I mean, so that, that's the the whole like binging. You know, we're in a binge society. We can watch everything. And like, look, I can watch multiple hours of TV. Of course, I can. Yeah. But I can also get up off my couch and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go to my refrigerator and get a can of soda if I want to. I can make like, lunch I can and dinner that. in that time because <laughs> that's 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 the window of time yeah. that I'll be watching. I'll the, be like, the oh movie. man, you know, I've watched for forty five minutes. You know, I'm going to pause and make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yep. It's a bathroom, go on back, and I'll watch for another hour, hour and a half straight. Like, that's that's totally an acceptable thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, nobody sits at home and be like, I watched three hours straight and never once hit pause. Nobody does that. I um, like, uh, I, I have two things to, to say to this, is that I think I would have enjoyed this movie more if it was if it was on Peacock Premium on the day of, because I think I would have enjoyed it. It would have been this. on Apple. It's an Apple. It's true, 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 true. Um, I would have enjoyed this more if I could have watched it streaming at home, 100%, without a doubt in my mind, just because of the things that, Roger, that you just highlighted. The other thing is, I think this movie is better as a limited series, 100%. I think that I think it covers the ground it wants to better. I think we get to see everything that we that, that the director and the, and the writer wants us to see better. I think something like this, instead of being a three-and-a-half-hour movie, is a, is a five-hour miniseries that ju- high quality, high production value, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do. I think it's better that way. I think this, but I think because we have an old school director that probably refuses to acknowledge the fact that, you know, that anything other than movie film is the correct way to, to create, you know, media art that that's why this never was probably considered in that way, shape or form. I think this would have been better though. in like four episodes or five episodes of something like that, because I think you get to see more of what they're showing you. I mean, look, it's, but I I don't, but I mean, Scorsese is never going to do that. And this only gets made. It's only, it only gets made because he's behind it. No one else would have. I don't think this movie would have gotten this budget. Otherwise, um, I, you're not wrong about that. Anything that's longer would probably benefit from being episodic. Well, not not all things, but I think most things. That's probably true. Um, even something with like, the amount of people, yeah, yeah, but with the amount of people that are in this damn movie, and the amount of characters that like do the things they do, whether it be big things, little things, fucked up things, you know, trying to fight for their, you know, for for what's right things. Like there are so many moving pieces to this that I think you just you get more out of it you and you give more to the people that are watching it well, if you about, have more time what about avatar what about avatar what's your point what about dune i mean you 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 could, you could say this about anything that's long of course sure. okay. one yeah. of the things i said about avatar too is it's about a half hour longer than it should have been well, sure, if someone sure. told me if, if if someone told me four three years ago two years ago that Dune was that they were making a Dune miniseries on HBO that was going to be four episodes long, and then later on they're going to do another part of it. I'd have been stoked for it. <laughs> like I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that being yeah, how you Dune know. Been doing. I'm super fucking pumped up for HBO to be doing Harry Potter. 
because yeah. instead of getting <laughs> one two and a half hour movie, I get eight one hour shows, brother. Yep. <laughs> like I want that shit to be longer. That's, for real. That's a whole different. That's going to be a whole different conversation. You, you're going to get a whole different experience than you think. Let me just say that. But well, I, it, it, I, I think you have that, no idea what kind of experience I think yeah. I'm going to get, sir. I, I have think an idea. that it's fair. I, we all. I have think an that idea. it's. I think it's fair to say that you know if any anything that is you know three hours plus could benefit from you know from being broken down into successful episodic format sure, you know sure, sure. it doesn't mean it has to be oh, but sure. like, well, you can't discount it one one last thing about the length and we can move past it and talk about other things mm-hmm. is obviously this isn't the longest movie score says he's ever done the irishman is actually four minutes yeah. longer than this <laughs> now look no one complained about how long that was. Well, I mean, we did. I would have. Well, we did when we talked about it. But because it was on Netflix, I could just pause it. You know Weird. what I mean? Or watch half of it and then come back and watch the other half later. Yep. So, you know, I know he's not above doing something for streaming like that. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But... yeah, but it was still a movie, though. Sure. It was still a movie. Can't um, be episodes. Um, other things that I didn't like. Um, about this movie, you know, it's it's hard to say that I didn't like a whole lot of it because like this this movie is pretty good. That's I think good. it just it's it doesn't really just check a lot of boxes where I think that this movie's great for me. Like it just doesn't doesn't do that. Um, you know, some of the we have a lot of characters that come through here relatively quickly with very little to no character development, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of weird. Um, but I also think it's funny how we just randomly be like, hey, who would you get to kill a guy? And they'd be like, I know a dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a guy. Yeah. What's his name? Blackie. Yeah. All right, man, let me talk to him. Which, like, which, be like which, hey, man, you want to kill this guy? He's like, which, oh, I don't know, boss. He's like, look, man, I'll let you take my car, too. He's like, well, fuck yeah, I'll kill him. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know how easy that shit was back in the day? Bird, I'll give you 50 bucks and you can steal my car. Murder yeah. this guy. He's like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's no way. I mean, if you don't catch someone doing it, it's hard to, it's hard to God get them bless. Yeah. Like that, that woman they killed down by the river, they just, they just sat her up on the rock and shot her in the head, and they just walked, yep, yep. And then they just walked away like they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, like nothing was wrong. And then they scrambled her brains in front of everyone to try to get the bullet out, so no one would find it. <laughs> No, literally when, in front of everyone. When the FBI guy goes, "Why did you chop her up in little pieces?" He's like, "We couldn't find the bullet." Like that's supposed to be some sort of answer to yeah. that question. <laughs> well, okay, okay. I I want to build off of that for a second. I feel like that this movie should have focused more on the FBI as well when when it was when like sure. they finally came in because. I feel like that would have been a little interesting as well to like really see them investigating and all the people they had placed and how they were getting information. I, I think that we spend too much time on Leo, 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 what is his name? I can't say his name. DiCaprio. Yeah. DiCaprio's character. Um, Molly. Actually, she kind of falls off because she's so sick later on too. She mm-hmm. doesn't come back to like the very end of act three and De Niro, like, like, I think we could have got a really interesting perspective on like what they're seeing and how they're discovering that something's actually like going wrong and all the things they're uncovering as they are. And for them to be as shocked and disgusted at the things that they're discovering that we got to witness. Right. I think the movie misses a lot there. I think that would have been interesting to see as well. And I don't, we didn't get as much of that as I thought we were going to. And, you know, maybe biasly because it's what I wanted, but like, I think that'd have been cool to see more of that. Well, you definitely could have had them unravel the puzzle a little bit more. Yeah. You know, because like we just sort of see them solving the crimes, not 
like breaking them down. But I mean, you have a guy like Jesse Plemons who we know is every bit as capable oh, yeah. of acting as, you know, we make the jokes. So he looks like Matt Damon, but like, Matt look, Damon. the dude's very good. He is. Right. Mm-hmm. He's very good in everything that he does. Like you could have give him a little bit more screen time here and probably helped out the movie in that aspect. I think. Maybe you're right about that. And I feel like there was an effort probably later in the script stage that lessened the FBI to the more the movie could focus on the Burkharts and you mean in the five hour cut? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I, I think before the movie was started filming is when they cut down those roles. But I mean, again, it, because when you have Jesse Plemons, I feel like Jesse Plemons was cast and then they cut the roles down because otherwise it wouldn't have been Jesse Plemons. I don't think. Mm, okay. he, look, Roger's right. He he's he's an absolutely amazing actor and does a great job of what he's given. It's just I would have expected someone if you're going to pay Jesse Plemons, you're going to want to get the most amount of screen time out of Jesse Plemons as well. Sure. So that's the thing. Um, one other thing too. Let's talk about the FBI for one second. Did you guys know that this is one of the very first things that after the FBI was formed that they did was this stuff? Well, it was work in the Osage murders. Well, during during the Osage murders, they were just the Bureau of Investigation. They weren't even yep, the FBI. They weren't even federal. Yep. Yeah. Like this yep. is this is like one of the very first things the FBI did to become the FBI. I think I think that's actually a pretty cool story. Yeah. But you know, besides the fact that they just call it the Bureau of Investigation, not even the federal, you're like, huh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because there was no. There was no federal bureau, so well, it was also important. Kind of it's, it's also, I mean, it worked because like they weren't. Were they? Would that have been considered federal land? Not necessarily, but all land in the United States can be juris can be federally, like when it, when it comes to reservations and things like that. I'm sure there was there's something they can do, but yeah, they they made it a point several times to say this is. This is Indian land. It's not federal land. And I'm like, I don't think, I think later it became federal land, but that's not important because it doesn't matter in the movie. But um, I, I think you're probably right. There could have been a little more intrigue with the Bureau and how they solved the puzzle. But I mean, the movie's not about the Bureau. It's about the Brookharts and how they're manipulating everything. And so let me ask you a different question. I want to ask legitimately. Now, in, we come into this story way late after there's been several disappearances, several murders. And even we start with her talking about the murders and how like there was no investigation. There was no investigation, no investigation to all these murders. And wouldn't, at what point, at what point does like a proud people like the Osages take it into their own hands and be like, we're going to, we're going to deal with this now. So I have a feeling like stuff like that was kind of cut out of this movie because I'm sure somebody had to have been like, vigilante style going after some stuff but you know it depends on how deep you think that web went you know there's plenty of plenty of stuff that happens where like you see people get killed but there's only one or two people that would have even known that this was happening you know what i mean like it's such a small thing be like hey you want to kill this guy and they're like yeah and then next thing you know that person is dead and only two other people even had an inkling that anything like this is happening you know, even if this is like a modern crime thing, that's really hard to track that stuff down. Oh, it's not. Especially without any kind of digital footprint. Well, you know what I mean? It's not hard to see that in the beginning of winter, you know, of the 17 people getting oil rights, five of them are gone and five white men are getting their oil oil rights, you know, the, the oil money. So, I mean, that wouldn't be hard to figure out. 
But hey, man, plenty yes. of people die from the flu. They talk true. about the weight. They talk about the wasting sickness, and it was something that was proper uh, propagandized that only the uh, Indian people, like it affected them only. So, it, it, there are details here that probably didn't make like like the greatest of explanations yeah. within the film. So it's very easy for you know people back in the nineteen fucking twenties to lean on that kind of stuff and say you know you know and chalk it up to that or you know accept it as that. Plus, you didn't live as long back then either, right? True, you know, true. Uh, you know, Mama Molly, you know, probably you know probably was like a, a an extreme elder in the, in like the eyes of her people. How long she was you know still kicking around you know Molly and Ernest's house. It, it's. It's a lot of that that I think the movie doesn't have a lot of time to really lean into or really show you. So it 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 is believable in that sense where you know one winter five you know you know five people of the uh, five Osage people pass away you know during the cold months because it's hard you know back then to survive the winter for a lot of people. But then also at the same time you have the fact that when all these things are happening to all these people, you know it goes back to that passage in the book. You know you know can you spot the wolves where just you know, pictures of obvious wolves. Yeah, well, like right in front of these people is this guy who says that you know that he's their friend. He gives money. He builds them a town. He builds them schools, hospitals, all this stuff. You know, and truly believes he is their friend, but he is killing them. And you know, these people want answers just as you know more than anyone else does. And they yeah, this guy's clearly allies. helping. Why would he be yeah, the one killing yeah. us? They believe they have allies, and you know they. And this is after they've been put on this reservation, right? So, like, they've like they don't have anywhere else to go. You know, they have to figure it out there. So they they're using what they believe is you know in front of them, and it just happens to be you know the people that they trusted that the people that you know bought into their you know to you know what who they were and got to got them to trust them were the ones that were killing them. Well, especially so. with the, the 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 wolf thing is, I think. Some of the more clever stuff done, even though it's not really hidden. It's just well, they're not supposed to be because they are, you know. Nope. So the, the funny, the, fun, the funny thing about 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 that line too, like you know, can you see the can you spot the wolves in the in the form it's given? Is the dumbass that was Ernest was like, yeah, yeah, I can see the wolves. And so like he <laughs> thinks he he thinks he's really goddamn smart in that moment. You know what I mean? But it's yep. you know there, there there there's a layer there that we get as the you know as the viewer, the watcher. I can I can read. Yeah, I see the wolves. <laughs> Goddamn right, I do. You know what I mean? Like he thinks he he, he thinks he's real clever. Uh, would you guys consider this a gangster movie? Yes, I, I would. I would too. I mean, g- g- given it's from Scorsese, who's that, that? That's his thing. It's just not a. It's just not a large gang. It's only like a three or four person real. Well, it's not a. Tra- it's, yeah, it's I, not I, a traditional gangster movie. Is I don't think it's a gangster movie. It's a crime movie. Isn't it kind of one what, kind, it, it, kind of it, go hand it, in hand? In that time period, I mean, I think, I, I, no, because you can have a crime movie without being gangster movie. But yeah. I, I, Chris, I think I understand your point, but I would still lean more that it's 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 gangster. Yeah, I, I think so. You. I think I got you. Yeah, I, I would, especially because that's because of, like that's that's what Scorsese does is gangster stuff. So yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. But I mean, I think that's an important distinction to make when you're talking about Scorsese movies because I mean he has an obvious lineage that cannot be ignored. Um, so and, and this to me just falls right into that lineage. And I'm happy that it does because I mean I was you know I'm I was worried that he's <laughs> I'm worried that he's gonna one day stop making movies and as much as I don't prefer them over other movies of the time I just he does he is a master craft when it comes to making films. Oh, he's pretty say. good. Yeah, 
small little small little guy you may Love have heard of. Stuff or hate stuff like uh, um, you know he's pretty good. How'd you, at this. how'd you guys feel about the ending? And I I know Chris, you probably have a lot to say about how they ended this. I thought that was actually well, one of the okay. most clever things they did in the entire thing. Well, well, okay. So right before we hop into that, I think we should talk about a, a piece of it that was right before the ending, and that is the courtroom like part, like the sure. courtroom drama that's did, in this film. Did we, you love? Like, uh, did you love Fat Brendan Fraser? I mean, he's not Fat Brendan Fraser. He's just Brendan Fraser at this point. So well, no, no, <laughs> I think he, this is he's not. He, is. he was wearing. He was wearing a suit. Um, was he really? Point. Yeah, he's yeah, not, he's not that big. He's okay. okay he's gotcha. he's he's jacked again. I think there's another mum, another nice. movie coming. I, I I can't confirm that, but apparently he is jacked again. So good, 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 good for him. Good. Mummy's back, baby. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! It's time to reboot it. Let's just no, no, no. Let's just forget the third one. Just never happened. Never <laughs> anyway, uh, so I mean, like the courtroom stuff. I thought it, I thought it was interesting enough. I think it's we, we spend more time in jail cells and, and interrogation rooms than anything else. But I did like the whole. I did like Brendan Fraser's uh, scummy lawyer care defense attorney freaking out when they finally you know see Ernest you know in in the room. I was like, okay, that you know that that's kind of clever. Yeah, that kind of thing. So I like courtroom yeah. drama stuff, though. So I'm a sucker for those kinds of of, th- of things. It's just very interesting to see how, you know, all the different people and everything coming together. You know, Molly being, you know, she her, back on her feet and not dead and not dying anymore, and mm-hmm. you know, all those sage watching the you know, watching the court battle as as it's playing out and learning all the things they're learning, and then watching uh, Ernest you know, go from one side to the other flip and flop because he's really dumb and doesn't make a decision for himself ever. Like to see all this happen is just, you know, it was just, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see it like displayed. I don't know. And Molly knew, right? Like she figured that out that she was, she knew what was going on. She knew way before, but at the same time, you know, when, when you really love somebody and you really trust them, you know, and they're 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 the ones that are killing you slowly and watching your family fall fall apart around you, literally. And they tell you that you know that they're going to take care of you. Like you, you, you know, you tend to believe them. You choose to believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she again, she was one of my favorite characters in the entire movie because like she was as an actress. Whoever that 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 Glad Lily Gladstone is, she played that so fucking well that I like. She knew what was going on a little bit behind the scenes. Again, I think that's kind of like the reason, Chris, you were like, you asked like why she, you know, spoke the way she did and why she looked the way she did and like why she always like kind of like slower at things. But I think her character, like your mental, just like she's taking it all in and she's not as dumb as people think she is. Like she's definitely figured this out and she's going to, although, I mean, didn't help her at all because her character has an awful fate at the end, like when we learn post, post film. But, um, I, she definitely knew what was going on when everyone was when everything was going down with the Burkhart. She definitely knew, absolutely knew. What a well, I mean, what awful fate did she have? Well, says she died. She not, lives. I mean, she she died in the thirties. No, didn't she die in thirties? Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. She, about she, I thought so. she married. She divorced our boy and remarried some dude and lived for quite some time. Oh, did she? Okay, well, who died? Someone, yeah. someone died in the thirties. I thought it was her. I was like, okay, I could be wrong. Uh, no, it, was, it was her. She died yeah. from diabetes. Yeah, I thought okay. so. Well, thought okay. So. Well, I mean, I mean, she had diabetes, she, she and it, yep. yeah, she she had diabetes, and she, she lived, and you know, she was in the thirties. So, I mean, that is a death sentence. It's to some degree. So it's, you know, it wasn't un, unexpected. But well, yeah, no, but like, I mean, die like, but she died like, younger. You know, she sudden. didn't. She didn't die. She wasn't like an yeah. old lady or anything. But, um. 
Yeah, I, I I liked her, and she was so she was like again, it was like a that's part of the trifecta of DiCaprio and De Niro, and her is like it's mm-hmm. just such a great little trifecta there. Um, well, my favorite scene in the whole movie, and I think what what like I said, the one that stuck with me was when when she's in the interrogation room talking to him after he has his moment on the stand, telling like t- you know telling all the things he does, like finally flipping on his on his uncle and stuff. So I think that scene between him and uh. DiCaprio and and her, I think, is the best part of the whole film, hands down. It's a it, it's a really well crafted scene. There are a lot of well, scenes. She's, she's probably the best, yeah, you know, the best character and the best, you know, person in this actual movie. So, you know, if there is any really award stuff, it's her, not anybody else, right? Well, I mean, I I could see people being nominated, but if she doesn't get nominated, there's a problem because she was excellent. Uh, is what it comes down to. Um, so let's move into the last, how they ended it then. I, I really am interested to hear you guys take on this because I, I really well, enjoyed how they ended it. I'm glad you brought it up because I actually, I was going to ask you guys a similar question is we, we just got done talking about how we, how we like when there's like a text wrap, like a text wrap up yep. at the end of a, end of sure a, did. end of a good movie. Right. So like, did you, so, you know, Grayson's already kind of like played his hand here and you know, he, that he liked this. He thought it was genius. Roger, like, do you prefer this? You know, did you like this? Do you think this was different and like, you know, a breath of fresh air, or like, like, how did you take the ending of this? So I don't look at it as a breath of fresh air. I do look at it as something that is expected and mm-hmm. should be in almost all of these types of movies. The wrap up, right? Like the wrap up, yeah, okay. specifically. But I, I mean, the very end of this. I mean, let's talk about this Corsese out there talking about you know how terrible a thing that this was to happen to these people because it is terrible and Mm -hmm. it does shed light on a story that, you know, more people should know about, you know, and I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Like, I like the way that this wraps up. I really truly did. Okay. I, I actually didn't like the whole like mystery theater thing that they did to, to give you all the information. Okay. That was, that was a bit strange. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Like, like, like I think specifically at like, I I think Grayson's asking about that and, and I think, Yeah, yeah, I would have much rather had just a text roll and like pictures and stuff. Cause like, I think my brain processes it, it better that way. I don't know why that they chose to go that route. I think that it would have been, I think it would have been a more definitive way to like close out the movie with that. Cause I like, I wasn't even sure if we were done with the movie yet or not, if it was going to do another time skip, but this was how they're going to like time jump again. But like, I don't know something about it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Nothing against it. I think it was fine, but I think I would have preferred a tech, uh, a text wrap up Grayson personally. Um, well, I like these because it, I mean, those were, that was like a radio show and like, that's exactly how they did the sound effects. And yeah, yeah. Even, I mean, again, it, it speaks to like what the movie was saying. Like even the, even, um, you know, the, the characters that are doing the voices were white, like voicing Indian character. Like that's kind of the whole thing behind it was, I liked how they showed that, though. I mean, that 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 was definitely a Scorsese thing that he definitely wanted oh, yeah. to do. As you saw him on stage saying the last thing, but I really enjoyed how they did that kind of a only you know a large part of it because it's different. We don't see that a yeah. lot, so I'm glad that we get to. I mean, it's different than just a, I mean, a text scroll of oh, this happened to this character ten years later, she died, and then he died, and then you know they got divorced. Well, whatever. That, that, that's a fine way to do it, but I'm glad we Aren't got the a one? different way to do it. Aren't you the one that says that movies have an act, have a exact formula to follow to make them like good movies like follow like you know an exact thing and you shouldn't deviate from it? Uh, yes and no, but I don't think that I don't think the ending to this deviated from. I don't think it 
compromise the story in any way. Okay. Gotcha. I don't. Do, do, do you think it compromised the story? I didn't say that. You did. I think when they do that, the movie is like the movie is a f- is over. They're just what 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 we get is extra. Yeah, that's kind of how I saw that. But maybe I mean again, it's all interpretation. So um, yeah, I get you. But I really enjoyed how they did like all the sound effects and and did it because everything they did was just reinforced what the movie was talking about, telling you to begin with. So I, I mean, feel like Scorsese is, Scorsese is just trying to show us things that he had to deal with when he was a kid. He's like, look, look, look what we used to do when I was young. I remember TV back in my day. This is how we this is how we got to listen to stuff. Well, I mean, look, Scorsese has seen a few things in his day, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, there's actually been a lot of stuff posted recently about why he got into filmmaking. It was it was a tragedy that brought him to filmmaking, and, and I'm glad it did mm-hmm. because he's given us a lot of great things. But um, sure. So let's move into score. Killers of the Flower Moon, then. Um, I'll go first if you guys don't mind. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, that, everybody. To me, I, I really think this is, I really think this is every bit of a nine. I really, I had a great time in this. I never, you know, it's weird because like I never felt like I was watching a three-hour movie. I was so into it. I, it never felt like that. And there, something I want to say about the length is there are some, and I, I sent this thing to you guys as well, is there, there are some theaters that are getting in a lot of trouble because they're, they're putting in an intermission. Yeah. <laughs> and the studio's like, no, 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 no. We told you not to do this and you still did it. So, but I don't know where people sit on like, Dude, would you have wanted intermission, or do you just want to get like just get it over with so you can go home faster? What would you? I mean, at, I mean, if you did if you did a ninety five at ninety minutes or ninety five minutes, which would be, you know, a little bit less than half. Let's, I mean, let's it's two hundred six minutes. So let's say at a hundred minutes, okay. At a hundred minutes, you did a ten minute break. Would that have been such a big deal? I mean, if I'm already there for two hundred plus minutes, what's Five more minutes if they say if the screen blacks and it says, Hey, go to the bathroom now. You know what I mean? And then it's, and, but then it just starts a countdown timer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. W- w- like, what, what's wrong with that? Uh, I'm, I'm already, I'm already that. The, in the past. Yeah. Nothing's done that for a while now. And, and again, f- for, for a theater. But here's the thing a, a lot of long stuff with like the actual like live theater stuff, they all mm-hmm. do that. Oh, of, of Even course. for stuff that's two hours long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they don't. Because it's not just for the audience. You know, at that point, that's for the people. Well, acting. Yeah. Of course, of course, but they don't have to worry about getting as many shows in per day. They have, usually have a, a, a matinee and, a, and an evening show. Well, look, at 206 minutes, you only get three three shows a day no matter what. Well, I mean, again. That doesn't change anything. It doesn't. It doesn't. But some have multiple screens that they're trying to get another one in on another movie that's not doing so well. So they cut the last show off. And, then they, you know, I, I don't know how they do it, but. And, an extra 10 or 15 minutes that probably cuts into the profit margins of, of the theater chains. So I imagine that's why they, they, they don't do that. But would, would it have been the worst thing in the world? No, because then Roger, you wouldn't have missed whatever five minutes you missed because you were peeing. Oh, don't, would, don't worry. When, when he walked out, he knew exactly what happened. I did. Fair. I don't know how you knew, but okay, fair. Um, no, because I heard it. That's when the house blew up. <laughs> the house blew up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. To me, there's also, I kind of knew that that was coming. So yeah, true. true. Oh, you see, we've seen, we've seen the trailer a hundred times. But um, again, back to my nine is um, I really do think this is a tour de force when it comes to the actual craft of filmmaking, and I don't. It's something we don't get very often. It's something that I was um, I was happily reminded of. Is I sometimes when I see something like this, I'm reminded that filmmaking is a craft and not always just a a way to tell a story on a screen, but there's actual trades behind it. Tradesmen and tradeswomen doing great things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I appreciate the old school approach of Scorsese and what he does. And I mean, he's never, he always makes a wonderful, wonderful movie. So th- th- this one, unlike many of his ones before this, this one just, it, it, it grabbed me and this didn't let go until it was done. But the more I think about it, the more I like it. So uh, to me, I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable giving it a nine. Right. Good. Go ahead, Raj. You can go next. Oh, you want me to go? So like, I don't, you know, like, look, I understand that this movie's good and I get that. But to me, like this movie doesn't do anything special. Like it doesn't, I mean, like, look, it tells the story, sure, but it doesn't do anything like groundbreaking in cinema for me or like, you know, something that I have to be like, oh my God, everybody has to see this movie. I don't, I don't get that. You know, the acting is good, if not great by some of the people in this, but there's nothing I'd be like, man, best performance I've ever seen De Niro do in his life. Like, it's not, it's not that for me. So like I, I look at this movie, listen, I'm not going to give it a bad score, but it's not anything earth shattering. This movie's a seven for me where I know that it's good and it's well-made. The story's pretty solid, but it's nothing over the top special here for me. It's a seven. Okay, Chris. Okay. So this film is very good. It's very good. And I think that this movie's about, if, if, if you shave off 30, like 20, 30 minutes somehow in this movie, I think you have a great film. But I think there's just way too much in the way. Movies, the movie is too long. And I, I, I think as I was watching the film, I was even thinking about things that I didn't, I didn't think were necessary. Ways that they could have trimmed. Like long shots of some guy dancing, you know, on, you know, on someone's porch for like, it, I, I swear it was like a two minute scene of just some guy dancing as a scene opened. Like, why are we, and it wasn't even a, a big character. Why are we doing this? Like there, it's things like that that are just way bloated in this. Besides that complaint, the, the, the movie's good. It's, fa- you know, the acting's fantastic in it. it it's, it's got flawless acting, but like the story, while important to tell, I don't think gripped me in the way that other movies this year have. You know, and I think it's that reason that I'm 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 near Roger on this. This is a seven and a half for me, only because the relationship between um, Ernest and his and uh, Molly were I think was such a was such a a wonderful thing to see on screen, even in its tragedy moments. That you know that I, I do think it is. It's knock on the door that eight, but it's just not quite there. Now that being said, Grayson, you scored this a nine. I, I I'm curious. Which was you like better Oppenheimer or this? Because you, you, I think you gave them both nines. I did. Um, I, I, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you, like, as soon as you said my name, I was like, he's gonna ask about Oppenheimer. I know it. Well, um, oh, oh, and, and the reason why I'm asking is because Oppenheimer is my movie that stuck with me. Like that film, I think I gave that nine and a half. I gave it close to a ten. No, that I would movie, sure. I, th- I thought about it for days, for like almost a week after I saw it, just because of, like, you know, like what it did. Like, I, it was like I was coming down off of a high watching that movie. That movie was thought provoking to me. It, it, it tickled, it tickled my brain in all the right ways. So, you giving two, of the, two of these, the biggest and longest movies of the year nines. You know, which one do you think is better? Um, I was thinking while you were giving that little um, thing there, Oppenheimer, I think, is the better movie. Although the, the, it's not my my choice of Oppenheimer is not a is not a distinction between Nolan and Scorsese at all. I just think Oppenheimer edges it out a little bit. I think some of the conversations are probably better. Um, I think um, the way that movie was realized was a lot better. Well, I don't want to say a lot better, but but just just better. And you're 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 you're, you're right, Chris. I thought about Oppenheimer for like the next month and a half. 
after we watched it. I watched it again in the theater and I watched it a third time. So, and I can, I can tell you, I will not watch, not because I don't like it, but because I just don't have, there's this time of year, there's so much else going on than to put three hours in Killers of the Flower Moon a second time. So, I yeah, that that's a very good question, Oppenheimer. But <laughs> I think Oppenheimer is a better movie. Now, here's a question for you, and you all know what I'm talking about. Um, y'all, I was in the South for too long. You all, you all know what I'm talking about here. Roger and Chris is. Does this get a Best Picture nomination? Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it does. Yeah, it gets the nomination. So I think the movie probably does. I don't know how much individual stuff this movie gets though. I mean, I, I, I can see I can see DiCaprio being nominated. I can see De Niro being nominated. I can see Gladstone being nominated. I can see so many yep. people being nominated for, and I can even see the sound being nominated in this. Maybe the set design. Um, again, I'm not set saying it will be, sure. but I mean, I could see it if it's going to get something. It's going to be those things. Maybe the maybe the um, the the costume, the the, the wardrobe um, nomination as well. But there's mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot here. I, I could see is. I mean, and look, Scorsese is a Scorsese is a uh, is a favorite of the Oscars now. So, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, so good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you guys. Um, I'm glad you guys didn't love it, but you liked it. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, I did. I did like this film. Well, good, good. And so, thank you, gentlemen. This has been episode 354A of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. and Friday at on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. But more importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Raj Stillian. I am Christopher Bond. Ooh, no X. No Twitter. No X. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. And send us an email to ForTheLoveOfCinemaPodcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at well, Chris and I will be taking a look at Five Nights at Freddy's and Pain Woo. Hustlers on Netflix. Woo, Pain.